All right, next episode of Sublime Studios podcast. And today we are in a very different location, very unusual location, and we are having nobody else but U.S. captain and the media person and the coach of a Men of Action program, Michael Sartain with us. Hey, what's going on, man? That's crazy. When people introduce me on podcasts, I'm always like so confused. Like, are they talking about me? And it's like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. We can call you Captain, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Cap. Yeah. Yeah, and your hosts, uh, your co-hosts today, Sarah, who is the Vegas, the Vegas girl, and Eugene, who came all the way. Nice. All the way from the Bay. All the way from the Bay. Here we go. <laughs> Michael, how does it feel to, to be at Sticky Paws? We are at Sticky Paws, but not being a host. Is it unusual? No. Um, so because I, I probably I have a pretty popular podcast here yeah one of the things i do for the guys at sticky paws is if they ask me to go on someone else's podcast i always say yes i make time mm. there's i think there's over 50 different shows that are are hosted here mm. and i and i try to go on all of them whenever they want so I'm, I'm frequently a guest on some of the new people here at sticky paws whenever they do it because i you know these guys have been so nice to me so mm. i try to do everything i can to help them whenever mm. anytime there's a live stream or if they have someone who's new or wants just new subscribers i'll go on their show amazing mm-hmm. I try to do, I try to be a guest at least once a week on a different show. I try, sometimes I can do three or four a week if I can fit it in my schedule. But uh, I watched Gary Vaynerchuk when he came out with Jab, 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 Right Hook, one of his books. And he was doing podcast episodes on his phone with his baby in his arms while he was eating cereal. And he would do like 16 of them a day to promote his book. And I was like, well, if he'll do that. And then I I also saw Neil deGrasse Tyson. He did a podcast one time for uh, Death by Black Hole, which is one of his books. And I think that they had 34 subscribers and he still did their podcast. And I was like, okay, if, if Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and Gary Vaynerchuk are willing to do this, then I'm going to do the same thing. 16 podcasts a day? That's an awesome. Yeah, I, I, he's probably done 16 a day. Like he half was, an he hour was doing like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And he <laughs> oh, would just yeah, like yeah. book them like crazy. Uh, and he would format. do, he literally would say yes to everyone. He told mm-hmm. his, his people to say yes to everyone. So I pretty much, there's nobody I'll ever say no to. I mean, listen, I've said this before. Benito Mussolini was alive. I'd have him on my podcast. Like I, I don't say no to anybody. So... Uh, you know, it's just different, you know, for different people. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people should be like that. I do know uh, one thing I thought was interesting was Bulzarian, when he came out with his book, The Setup, he would do anyone's podcast as long as you read the book for like a two or three week period. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just wouldn't read the book. So he wouldn't go on their podcast. How, how does he know that they read the book? Is he I mean, asking you, questions? You can ask, he could ask a couple of questions. On what page? Did he I, quizzes did them. I, <laughs> he gives them a... <laughs> it, it wasn't that, but yeah. like I, the, the thing that's so weird, that's so odd about that book specifically for me is like the book is a bestseller, but I was there for some of the things that happened. Yes. Uh, and so it was, you know, uniquely interesting to me. And I talked to him for 30 minutes and I asked him questions nobody had ever asked before. Mm-hmm. I think with him, uh, with David Buss, Ty Lopez, and with R- Rolo... Tomasi and a couple other people. I have the most thorough interview anyone's ever done because I did probably 12, 16 hours of, of study for, for Dan, obviously it was way more than it was like 10 years of mm. me being his friend, mm. uh, of on and off, like, you know, c- communication and contact with him. And, uh, I think, I think what I try to do for my show is at the end for people to say, that is the, that is the interview of record. Right. If somebody's like, what is the best interview anyone's ever done? It's going to be the one that I did of him. I also think, if I had a little bit more time, I think you could say that about Richard Reeves a couple of weeks ago too. Um, we do. We, I just do more study than anybody else. I'll read all your books and then watch, you know, about a hundred hours of your stuff in, in order to get ready for an episode. Amazing. So, how do you source for guests? Do you actually uh, read the book and then you like you like the uh, the material yeah. and then you reach out? The, the, so there's there's several different ways. One of them is my clients will tell me people they like. 
I put every single person they like into a list and mm. then I go through that list once a month. And then, so like I have seven podcasts booked, mm. uh, because I didn't have an episode this week. So I, I, I got paranoid. I was, I booked seven guests coming up and they're in all different places. So because like I can do, because I have a background in physics and astronomy and I have a background in finance and I have a background with evolutionary psychology, I can do podcasts on any subject. So I have a guy who's, he's a, he's a huge streamer, League of Legends streamer on Twitch, but now he started an OnlyFans where he goes on with girls and they're naked and they're playing video games. And I'm like, this is so fascinating to me. And then last week, so I had a guy who's on OnlyFans and then last week, what did I have? I had a guy who was, he worked for the, the deputy prime minister of the UK and he's mm. a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute. And so I, the, the breadth of, uh, and depth of my you know, interviews, uh, you know, they're just, they just come from everywhere. Some of them come from Rolo. A lot of them are people that already follow me mm. uh, and I'll reach out to them if I'm interested. And then a lot of them, if they have a book or a podcast, they're usually going to say yes. If you're willing to promote their books, I'm trying to get Professor Ashley Mears from uh, Boston University mm. to come on. She wrote a book called Very Important People. The book yeah. was not. I told you about yeah. that. But the book was not it. super highly reviewed, mm. but I thought it was a fantastic book as far as its description. I don't agree with her interpretation, but I do agree with her description. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I messaged her. She messaged me right back. But then there's guys like Scott Galloway and um, Gad Sad. Those are guys are harder to get on because they want they only want a certain audience. You know, these guys go on D Joe Rogan. They don't. You know, and so they'll look at me for like two seconds and be mm. like, oh, I'm not really sure. It's funny because after the first year, a lot of those guys started saying yes. Um, and it just becomes, you know, over time better and better and better. But I also don't pigeonhole myself. Like I did an episode on quantum mechanics and then I have like one of the top Madden streamers in the world. I did an episode uh, the other day on um, I'm trying to get Jackson Galaxy to come on. He's one of the, the foremost, man, one, one, right? foremost experts in the world on cats. <laughs> And I, you know, I rescue cats. And then I also have, um, I'm trying to get Project Pat to come on, the, the mm -hmm. rapper from 3-6 Mafia. I'm trying to get him to come on. So like, there's no, there's no like limit for me. Just like, whereas Joe Rogan, would, it would be a lot of times it's comedian, Navy SEAL, comedian, comedian, Navy SEAL, biologist, <laughs> conspiracy theorist, Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL. For me, it was just like, I feel the same way because if I want physicists, scientists, and then like, Occasionally, I'll have a girl on OnlyFans or a former teacher. Yeah, former teachers, whatever you know. We'll, we'll, it'll it'll just be uh, you know a lot of different stuff. Real estate agent. I just don't really try to tie myself down to mm -hmm. anything. The people I do try to stay away from though are the ones that I know are scamming people. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's a few of those. Like I've had people hit me up about their. Some of them are legit, but like their crypto product, their forex product. Can you promote my business? That like you know my OnlyFans management agency. I try to stay away from those. Unless they're like, can really show me some receipts, which most of them cannot. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, you can't pay to be on my program either. There's some people who have offered me a lot of money to come on, but I'm like, nah, I just, I would hate that rumor to get out there that you pay to come on my podcast. So it doesn't work like that. I just interview people that I find interesting and I try to do, sometimes I can't. Jordan Sky's coming on Monday and she just has never done, she's done one interview ever. Mm. And I just don't have a lot to go off of. So I have a lot of generic questions for her. And then uh, I have Rebecca Barrett coming on tomorrow, and she's um, a former feminist who's now like a tradcon conservative who talks about being a stay-at-home mom. Oh, I'm so on that page with her. It, it, yeah. just, it just like yep. basically bashes girls on OF. Uh -huh. And so I Mine, just, not that one, but yeah, there's, just, there's just no there's no rhyme or reason to my guest list, honestly, at this point, other than people that are interesting to me. And the other thing is, you know, the I always have the book by David Buss, Evolutionary Psychology. Yeah. I have his textbook behind me. By the way, he's written several books: The Murderer Next Door, Evolution of Desire, Why uh, Women Have Sex, When Men Behave Badly, etc. He's written several books, but the one I put behind me is actually the textbook from University of Texas at Austin, or the one I think they use it at Harvard also. 
uh, that's the that's the main one that I use mm. uh, because evolutionary psychology ties every single other than the physics it ties every single thing together uh, on my show right why is it that we do the things we do where do our proclivities come from and I and my answer is that all of our proclivities all of our habits come from uh, they had to have, they had to have aided in survival at some point in our ancestral past mm. I tie it all to reproduction. So sure. I haven't read any of the books you're talking about, but mm -hmm. I have this theory where it's everything that exists exists in order to mate in human. Yeah, I, mean, I can sure. put it down to like the table, the sure. microphone, what you're wearing, this building in existence, everything in order to procreate. Yeah, that, that, that mm -hmm. makes sense. But their aims for men and women are different. Right. So, for instance, like you, even to what you said, uh, the question I get most frequently is what, what, where does homosexuality uh, fit in the whole uh, ideal of evolutionary psychology? And the answer is, this is just a hypothesis. I can't prove this. But the, the idea of Satoshi Ganazawa, and I've heard other people come up with different theories. One theory that I, I, I see as probably more likely is that throughout history, about 25% of men reproduced. Uh, right. It's much closer to like 85, 90% of women, but 25% of men reproduced. There were men who had multiple wives throughout their history, or their wives would die in childbirth, or something to that effect would happen. And we're talking, we're talking about the 300,000 years of, mm -hmm. of Homo sapiens. Um, and so because about 25% of men reproduce, you had 75% of men who would either die in childbirth, die as young, or die in some sort of accident, hunting, or whatever, or never got to the point where they, where they earned a wife. Right. They, earned, right. they earned a sexual partner. And so because of that, you had societies throughout the majority of society, this idea of surplus men, which uh, Richard Reeves talks about this idea, the idea of surplus men. After the agricultural revolution, we have the Institute of Marriage, and once we have marriage, and like modern marriage, not like there's pair bonding that happened before the agricultural revolution. But when you come up with the concept of modern marriage, what you have is encouraged monogamy. And now what it does is it takes men lower on the socioeconomic scale, and at least they get to have sex with someone. They get at least a wife. So you have the, you know, the, the sharecropper farmer and his sharecropper wife. Normally, if you let things to, to go through their natural causes throughout before the evolutionary, I'm sorry, before agriculture. the agricultural revolution, that man would have had no wife. Mm. And now because of it encouraged monogamy, he, he's this middle to low status man who has a middle to low status wife. I'm just throwing out terms here. Like, uh, and so you had fewer surplus men because of that happened. And well, social media has created a greater number of surplus men. And so we go back into that place. So the question of homosexuality, where does that come from? Well, if you have enough surplus men, some men not choosing to mate with women actually benefits the tribe. Well, Does what about sense? with animals? Because we oh, were studying now that animals uh -huh. definitely, there's definitely like homosexual animals. Oh. So, mammals, so, humans are animals. so, so I, I, I don't know if it's the same level of homosexuality that we're referring to. Like, uh, like there's a guy, there's like a girl who kisses a girl at a party. And then there's a girl who like falls in love and starts getting to a relationship with another woman. And then there's dogs just fucking whatever's in front of them. That might not be homosexual. That might just be a dog, like I would, okay. like I guess the term would be promiscuity, meaning these animals, like bonobos, they don't recognize. They have no. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For promiscuity, it means. And people get that word wrong. By the way, people think permi being promiscuous is slutty. No, pr being promiscuous means multiple penises go inside of you, and you don't have any. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Judgment. Um, standards. Recourse. Not standards. Like a woman, uh, she doesn't. She's not. Uh, Goddamn. No reprimanding. No. She's not judged. She's not scrutinized. No, no, no. That's not what I mean at all. No. It, uh, uh, 
when you're when you scrutinize other people, when you God damn, I can't believe remember the word right now. This is unbelievable. I don't remember this. But if you It'll look up the to. definition of promiscuity, it, it means you're you're not looking at to judge several men. You're just like whatever guys in front of you, you're gonna have sex with. That's what promiscuous means. Women people think, well, when a girl goes on social media wearing a bikini, that means mm -hmm. she's uh, she's promiscuous. It doesn't. It means you could say she's slutty. You could say that. You could also say she's lascivious. But the word promiscuous actually in involves sexual intercourse and so people miss you apparently penises yeah i just i just heard dr um uh i can't remember his name right now the guy in canada who does all the speeches it starts jordan crying. peterson yeah, jordan, jordan peterson, peterson yes i just heard jordan peterson misuse the word promiscuous he was talking about women on social media and they're like oh they were had narcissistic tendencies and they were acting promiscuous and i'm like no you can't ask act promiscuous on Either social you media are or you aren't it's so right. no no it what was it there are two definitions of yeah. promiscuous. So one of them is having uh, or characterized by... Indiscriminate is the word I was looking for. Indiscriminate, indiscriminating or unselective approach. Yeah, it's so crazy. I couldn't remember that word. Discriminate. Yes. Women who are indiscriminate about who they have sex with. Bonobos are indiscriminate about who they have sex mm -hmm. with. So a bonobo is not like romantically trying to have a homosexual relationship with another male bonobo, but they will have sex with other male bonobos because they're indiscriminate. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't think it's the same kind of homosexuality as with human beings. Okay, I have a really controversial theory. Okay. I don't know who coined it, where it came from. I don't even know if you've heard it, but it's... um about uh, maybe having a genetic mutation and yes. so that so, they so they they're naturally you know disinclined to reproduce right. so, with so, the opposite so, so, so satoshi kanazawa talks okay, about he, that he, that idea at the end of his book why beautiful people have more daughters and the concept mm -hmm. is it's a gene for to have sex with men and so if the gene manifests in a woman she becomes extremely promiscuous if the gene manifests in a man, he starts to become attracted to men. Have they identified this gene? No. Can you test me for it? No, because because the way, so if you've ever looked at a genome, what you can do is compare genome to genome. So you can compare like to like, but we can't translate the genome. What we can do is we can take 50,000 uh, African-Americans and 50,000 blonde hair, blue eyed people, and we can look at their genomes and say, okay, this is the part that's uniquely different in all of them. And so this is probably the part that, 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 controls melanin production in the in the genetic code. Does that make sense? But we can't specifically translate the genetic code. What about the D32 gene then, the Delta 32 gene? Have you heard of that? It uh, stems from, so back in um, the 80s, there was this homosexual man and all of his partners kept passing away from HIV AIDS. Mm -hmm. And finally one doctor was like, let's look at this guy. You know, and so they, they tested him and he is immune to HIV and AIDS because he has a gene that's passed on, Europeans carry it, 10% of Europeans carry it, I'd have to, I'd and have to, it's based on um, surviving the bubonic plague. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look that up to see whether or not, what, what I do know is that- You haven't based, heard of that though? No, oh. what, what, what's happened is based on people's uh, you know, immune system, some people, HIV does not turn into AIDS, does, does not mm -hmm. turn into full-blown AIDS. By the way, it's pretty rare if anyone gets any medical attention today in 2023. Right. For some, if you know you have HIV, it's rare for someone to get full-blown AIDS at this point. Mm -hmm. um, the stigma around AIDS is so much more damaging than actual AIDS at this point. Agreed. Because people like, I don't know a single person who's had it or had full-blown AIDS in the last 25 years, maybe the last 20 years. I knew maybe some back in the 90s mm -hmm. when I was in high school, I'd, I'd heard of, of a person who knew a person, but now absolutely zero. And and so I think in the part of the reason why is because in the United States, we actually have like pretty significant antivirals and, right. and use of pro prophylactics that cause people to not 
you know, get HIV. So like, it's just really different how the world has changed on that one issue. The Overton window on, on that one thing, we're going to get to a point where our kids are not going to remember AIDS being this crazy thing. AIDS was like the worst. Like if you were going to catch a thing, AIDS was at the bottom it of the was, list. And there's so many things worse than AIDS now because that kills you quicker. Like yeah. Ebola is way worse than getting HIV. Getting Ebola. COVID like the likely, one of them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's way, getting like smallpox is way worse yeah. than this one because those things are not excessively treatable. Getting rabies is a hundred times worse tetanus. than getting HIV. Getting tetanus is worse than getting HIV. Getting staphylococcus is not as bad, but like it's just so funny because AIDS was like incurable. We had no treatment for it. And now we do. So it's it's really different the way that whole thing looks. There is one cure for AIDS, by the way. Um, you would have to replace all the bone marrow and a total transfusion. There have been two people in Africa who have been completely cured of AIDS from that. It was exceptionally painful, like last resort kind of thing, but they were cured from AIDS. You guys can look up the study. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I want to bring up another book, and I, I, th I think you probably read it. You know this one? Uh, Sapiens, yes, yes. One of my yes. favorite books ever. It's so funny um, because a lot of the TradCon friends that I have, when I mean traditional conservative mm -hmm. friends that I have, they hate that book. Because um, Yuval Noah Harari, it's very similar to, do you know who uh, Alan Turing is? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, Alan Turing, he's the guy that created the Enigma machine mm -hmm. and, and deciphered the messages that the, the Nazi During Navy the, was uh, using mm -hmm. during World War II. Uh, and one of the smartest men who ever lived. Now, to me, he was probably the smartest person in the 19th century, including Einstein. But the reason we don't consider him that, why? Because he was an atheist. Uh, because he was a communist and because he was a homosexual, we don't put him in that pantheon. People just don't, people don't consider him. So he's, he's famous in specific circles. So like I'm, yeah. I, I'm coming from Bay Area, Silicon Valley. Yeah. So for, for us, T Turing is this fundamental person yeah. in computation. So yes. he, he, he explained a bunch of laws of computation that which, we use now, which we, we use till till day. And this is, was almost 80 years ago. I yeah, think. for sure. And then when you look at uh, Newton, yeah. it's a similar thing where Newton came up with laws for gravitation and, yes. and uh, planetary or laws of motion that we still use today. Yes. Newton got things right before there was a space program that the space program currently uses. Mm -hmm. That's why Newton was incredible. And the same thing with Darwin. Darwin, with almost no evidence whatsoever, with massive extrapolations, got it completely right in 1859 that all of all life came from one single cell source. The tree of life started with or originated with one place, and he didn't even know about DNA, had very, very, like, if any microscopes whatsoever, and he completely got it right. Mm. So that's one of the craziest things. Turing is the same, or the same thing, uh, who are you just asking about? Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari, I think, is probably one of the most important philosophers, thinkers on the planet today. But because he's a homosexual professor at the University of Tel, uh, uh, history professor at the University Tel of Tel Aviv, the people who don't like Jews don't like him, and the people who don't like homosexuals don't like him, even though his beliefs are not excessively progressive. There's a lot of places where he's politically conservative. But I found so many people critical of him because of that, and I asked them why, and they can't explain it. One of the things is I always listen to the message, not the messenger. I don't, right. and, and yes, I've just right. found, I found so many people that are like, like, like call him a just, I've messaged, I, I've mentioned before that I like Yuval Noah Harari and a lot of my conservative friends who've never read the book are just like, I can't believe you listen to that nonsense trash or whatever, or because Barack Obama suggested the book, which by the way, Barack Obama has, is, has, has two of the best book recommendations I've ever read and one of the worst. Song of Solomon is one of the worst books I've ever read in my life. The Three Body Problem and uh, Sapiens are two of the best books I've ever read in my life. Uh, again, it's the message, not the messenger. I don't care about someone's politics. I care about whether so or not So you're saying right. that Barack Obama uh, recommended that book? I'd never heard of Sapiens until Barack Obama recommended it, yeah. How does it go to, uh, together with uh, people who are deeply into like religious beliefs and be, uh, believe that the world was made? 
to my creationists. Creationists. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they can believe that. And, and by the way, as a religious person myself, I choose to believe in things like the resurrection based on faith, but not on mm-hmm. evidence. Mm-hmm. Other than doubting Thomas, nobody had evidence that Jesus was, was, was resurrected. He's the only one, right? He saw the fucking holes that went through his hands and his ribs or his, his side or whatever. Uh, so I choose to separate the two things. My understanding and study of physics, science, evolutionary psychology, which by the way, psychology is not a hard science. Evolutionary psychology is a hard science. For those of you who are con- confused, and all psychology is an evolutionary psychology, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so so when, you, when, when I look at all of that, um, I choose to say, this is, the, this is give to Caesar what Caesar's. This is the scientific part, and I use scientific data and scientific studies to come up with theories here. And the whole, my religious beliefs are based on faith. Where we conflate the two is when we start saying, I strongly believe the earth was created in seven days because I read it in this book that has no scientific backing. Mm-hmm. And therefore, now this is a fact. So that's, that's what I believe. And, and, and to some people, they find that offensive. They have a hard pro- t- time with that. And, but, uh, but you know anything I do believe that's religious, I believe it based on faith, not mm-hmm. on evidence. Mm-hmm. And I don't conflate the two things together. That's important to do. Yeah. People mesh it all the time, and then that's when you get all the, uh, you know. Turmoil. Yeah, that's a very um, elegant way to um, to have both points yeah. of view in one in, in one understanding. Yeah, I, I wanted to dive a bit deeper. Well, you are becoming the specialist, the subject matter expert in evolutionary psychology, and you explain lots of things which happen. Um, well, you and Rollo together. Let, let me let me say this: um, the the subject matter expert is Dr. Bus. The subject matter expert is Gad Sad. The subject matter expert is Leah Cosmides. The subject matter expert is uh, Stephen Sturt Williams and uh, Jeffrey Wilson. Those mm-hmm. guys are the subject matter expert. What I am is the only guy willing to do a podcast on evolutionary psychology and willing to read every single thing there are. I do not have a PhD in evolutionary psychology. I'm sure at some point I've gotten certain things wrong. Those guys are the subject matter experts. But the, the problem is none of those guys other than Gad Sad have a podcast and he doesn't do a, a podcast on evolutionary psychology. There is one Evo psych, psych, uh uh, podcast it's called beat your genes but it doesn't really have a huge following and their their conclusions are different than mine to some extent but well, hopefully i can have them on my podcast at some point but yeah i think uh it's just difficult to do a podcast on only one topic and it, make it, it but it, it isn't scale. if you extrapolate it like you can do a podcast on psychology if you yeah. just say yeah. what is the psychology of every one of my guests does that make sense so i know david bus from a podcast of uh, you probably heard about andrew huberman yeah, of course. He's uh, he's also in Bay Area at Stanford, yep. in a couple of towns away Incredible, from me. Yes. Uh, and he he had David Boss on his podcast. Correct. And that's where we talked. As, as he should, and as 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 Joe Rogan should as well. And yes. One of the biggest mysteries of to me is not the universe, but why David Buss has not been on Joe Rogan when they live in the same. Fucking, Did you hear that, Joe? That well, they live in the same fucking city. I have still never been able to. He's had Gad Sad on like fourteen times. Gad Sad's forward to his book was written by Doctor Buss. Gad Sad consistently cites Doctor Buss, and for some reason, Joe Rogan has never had Doctor Buss on, and I still can't figure out why. Maybe Doctor Buss doesn't want to go on. No, Doctor Buss does, and, he, <laughs> and not only does he want to come on, he came on my podcast saying that he wants to come. Oh, on. well, come on, Joe. The most cited evolutionary psychologist in history, who lives not even five miles away from Joe Rogan's studio, mm. for some reason, Joe Rogan's never had him on, and I still can't figure that one out. Mm. So uh, let's hope that Joe hears <laughs> us. Yeah, probably through you and uh, at some point through yeah. us and uh, maybe he subscribes to your social media. <laughs> yeah. maybe. maybe. Okay, um, cool. So one thing I want to dive a bit deeper and that's what you mentioned, uh, Rolla mentioned on Access Vegas. So surplus of men, you mentioned that and uh, there was a t- point in time where 
a woman was in need of a man, and that's why she was choosing whoever she, whoever it was available for mm, her. Sure. Like now with social media, now with uh, um, all the all the changes that happen in this intergender dynamics, we see that there are many more men who are just rejected, who never sure. have any any chance in getting into a relationship, sure. any chance to get to the get num- the number of single women as a percentage, the number of single women. Uh, under the age of 30 is half as much as the number of single men. There are twice as much many single men right. under the age of 30. The question is, who are these single women dating? And psychologists can't figure it out. Although everyone else can guys, figure it out. Right? They're dating <laughs> older men. Older guys, it's obvious. No. They're dating older, established, wealthier men. That's obvious. But for some reason, psychologists can't seem to figure that out. The so specific thing that uh, Michael is referring to is uh, there was a research uh, from a uh, well, pure research study that does um, it, it's based on census, mm-hmm. and they so it's very credible data, and uh, they are refreshing their numbers every every few years. Yeah. So what we are seeing is those numbers are from 2022, so last year. Um, young men, which is between 20 and 29, 67 percent of them are single. 67 percent. While for women, it is. Let me see. How many do you think that's by choice, though? The answer is also we can explain those away with numbers. Mm-hmm. This is I'm glad you asked that question because what happens, and I think Eugene is trying to do this, is there's too many Oprah Winfrey's, Dr. Phil's, and the views where they talk about shit and then there's answers to the question that are based on peer-reviewed research and nobody fucking does the research. The answer to your question is 33% of men between the ages of 18 and 30 have zero sexual partners. Zero. They're no, not. It, they're not voluntarily the, not having sex the other, either. Michael, Just, the, the other way around. What do you mean? Uh, Eighteen thirty. Sixty-three percent. No, no, two different things. You're talking, yeah, about, talking uh, about talking about zero sexual partners. You're talking about not being in a relationship. Sixty-seven okay. percent oh, okay. of men are not in a relationship. Yeah, they're not Does even that make sense? like so having saying, sex. Right, right. So, there, so some of them. It depends. So this is this is going to be kind of where I differ. This is the only prescription I have. I believe there are three genders. Ready? Here we go. Let's okay. Get, let's get. Let's do it. Let's get in trouble. There are only three genders. High status men, low status men, and women. Those are the three genders. The reason why I say there's three genders is because high status men and low status men have nothing in common. They're meant, literally, there's a book called The Winner Effect. The neurochemicals in high status men are literally different than low status men. The, the idea of like abundance mentality, and by the way, some high status men are, are pieces of shit, and some low status men are wonderful people. It's not that. It's just some, there's this small group of men, somewhere between 20 and 14% of men that mm-hmm. have all the abundance, they have upward financial mobility, upward relationship mobility, upward sexual mobility. They have high status networks, all this kind of stuff. And then you have this bottom 80% of men that are deemed unattractive on social media apps. 33% of men having zero sexual partners. And the thing is when women complain about men, they're complaining about high status men. They're almost never complaining about low status men. Low status men are not cheating. Low status men aren't having sex, but women complain about men cheating. No, it's high status men who are cheating. It's not low status men that are cheating. And so that's why I have to make this distinction. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe three different species would probably be a better way to say it than three different genders. But like that's the thing. There's a massive difference where when we say this kind of stuff, we have this bottom 80% of men that are clearly through every possible demographic we can look at, mm-hmm. showing that these men are falling behind in education, in family, and in dating. They're completely left behind. They're With employment, they're left behind. There are more female pilots in the U.S. military than there are male kindergarten teachers. There are 5% of psychologists under the age of 30 are male. 5%! 
we what happened was after Title IX, we encouraged women, rightfully so, to get into male-dominated fields, but we did not encourage men to get into nursing. Into female we did not dominated encourage fields, men yes. to get into education. And so as a, as a result, once those coal miner jobs ran out and those manufacturer mm-hmm. jobs ran out and those assembly line jobs ran out, once that happened because of global industrialization, those men were left with nothing. No upward financial mobility, no upward sexual mobility, no upward networking mobility, no upward relation mobility. And so we have this this massive group of men who are sedated by pornography and video games. Mm-hmm. And 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 as a result, like that's that's where this difference happens. And now we created this problem of surplus men again because we don't encourage marriage anymore, which I'm not saying we should or shouldn't. But because we don't encourage monogamy anymore, what's happened is it's really, really good for the guys at the top. They can have sex with 10 women a week, surrounded by women all the time, come out to my mansion, fly you out. The number of women that I know that are very average, that get flown to Dubai, they get flown to Brickle, they get flown to Bel Air is uh, is ridiculous. I know hundreds of women. And these women are just like, you think, no, these are just Instagram thoughts, prostitutes. No, these are women who work at receptionist desks in Wichita, Kansas, getting flown out to parties in Los Angeles because they're kind of cute and they're young. It is madness what's happening now. And so these men at the top are having unlimited sexual access. And these men at the bottom who normally would have met Sally, you know, Sally and uh, John both live in Topeka, Kansas. What normally would have happened is John would have gone throughout his life, got a nice job, met Sally at a nightclub or met Sally online or met Sally at, a, at church. And then Sally and John would have got married. But before he does that, Sally is already at a party. He, he, she's on stage at EDC. She's at, she's at Miami Swim Week. She's at, fucking, um, she's at a mansion party in the Hollywood Hills. And she's She's accidentally, without really trying, had sex with three celebrities already. And then she goes back to Topeka. She bumps into John and like, who the fuck is this troll? That's what she thinks. Mm -hmm. That is the world we are in now. You can deny it all you want, but the numbers clearly show that what I'm saying is true and it's only getting worse. And so that's the the issue. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I don't think it's done on purpose. I think it's utter and complete negligence. No, no, no. no. So I've done a survey. Mm -hmm. So I had a podcast on, on dating. Yeah. And um, I also want to mention that a good friend of mine, Erin Hale, Erin, uh, she's a dating coach. Okay. And she wrote a book. I think you would have a really good conversation with her. For sure. I can introduce. So um, it was her and three more of my female friends. And I asked them, like, why do you think it's happened? We talked about the very same topic. Yeah. And why why um, expectations are changing, why the bars are raising, yeah. why my granddad had to work less less for a higher quality of uh, female, then I have to work yeah. for a lower quality. A uh, the the term is hypergamy. The hypergamy is the, is the cycle. It's the algorithm that has to exist. For men, if I look at a beautiful woman, it takes me less than one second to tell that she's beautiful. That means if, if something takes me less sec- than one second to determine, that means there must be an adaptation for it. If you showed me 50 lines of code, I can't immediately tell what the code is because I don't have an adaptation to tell what code is. I have to slowly go through the code. 50 right. lines is a lot. Well, maybe we're conditioned that way. Well, of course, of course. Media, through everything. No, 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 no. Told what beauty no. is, maybe. No. no. <laughs> because there's a, that's another great point. There's a 37 culture study done by Dr. David Buss where they went to cultures that had no Western influence. They had never seen a billboard. Same the, uh, um, idealistics of beauty. Absolutely. Symmetry. Absolutely the same. Ah. The same hip to waist ratio, the same signs of youth. 
the same facial symmetry that and the women preferred men who were not super tall, but taller than them. The, the In every single one of these 37 cultures, we're talking about Inuit Indians that had no connection whatsoever to television, radio, film, or billboards or magazines. Right. Never seen a white girl in their life. Never. Got it. And these, the, in every one of these cultures, the men were more violent than the women. Men were more interested in casual sex than the women. And every one of these cultures, the men preferred a, a 0.72, somewhere around their 0.72 hip to waist ratio. They preferred signs of youth and facial symmetry. The idea that beauty is a social construct has been debunked. I'm this, glad you're telling me. There is no evidence su supporting this. No matter what Victoria's Secret tries to put out there on the runway, the idea beauty is not a social construct. Beauty was put, they show infants. Infants will look at the face of a more attractive person longer than they will at someone who's it's less like attractive. It's like the, psychi the psychology behind it's symmetry, symmetry right? Yeah, it's like symmetry. The, but, mm. but why? Because what happens is, you don't see this with like cats and monkeys because they. You notice how like cats tend to kind of look the sim similar, right? So the same. You, have you ever seen yellow? Uh, Cat, cats are more resilient to. Uh, but Maybe it's because nature. In mating, right? in okay. mating, you know. So there are plenty of in 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 mated cats. So right, inbred the, cats. Inbred, yeah. yeah. So so the thing is, if you ever look at like. A, a group of chimpanzees, a lot of times, like me watching, I can't tell which one is which. Like they kind of look similar. If you ever seen golden retrievers, there are golden retrievers that look exactly, exactly the same. same exactly yes. the same. Uh, same thing with certain Persian cats and black cats. The reason why is because those species are not picky about who they have sex with. If you leave a male and a female cat together, yeah. they will have sex. Unless there's some massive reason why they won't. For, for Homo sapiens, we're picky. Men are somewhat picky compared to other mammals, but not picky compared to women. Women are far more picky than, than we are. They're far more discriminate. That's what I was looking for before. Hold on. So if you are on an inhabited island mm -hmm. and there are only one one guy and one girl there. If she is unattractive enough, the guy will not have sex with her. And if he is what? unattractive enough, the girl certainly will not have sex with him. Absolutely. Haven't you ever heard that expression? If you were the last man on if this island, we were on a desert island. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's there's, there's, there's too many. There's too many women I know that have gone three years without having sex to, for me to believe that that isn't true. Okay. Now, if they're moderately attractive to each other, what's okay. going to happen is evolution will start to, what will do is it'll start saying mere exposure. We see each other every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's do this. That's fine. All the problems that I have are kind of worked out because I don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. So my brain is going to adapt. Human brains adapt to whatever their environment is. They're right. very good at that. But the part of your human physio physiology that shows the most genetic data is your Face. Yep. Mm -hmm. It is your face. So I can see through facial symmetry, probably have not been attacked by parasites when and you were your younger. your health, actually. Your eyes, just yes. your teeth. Now, it's not, it's, not, it's not a perfect representation, but 50,000 years ago, it was the best thing we had. Mm -hmm. And so that's why men throughout all 37 cultures saw facial symmetry and signs of youth as being this thing. There is not a cultural thing. It is not. I just had to ask. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is not. No, but it's important for people to understand. It is. That, that it goes back to the thing we were talking about, the earth created in seven days. Mm -hmm. If someone believes that beauty is a cultural construct, you do so on faith. You cannot do so on evidence. There is no evidence to support that. None. I would just say the, the attraction in the, all of these cultures to symmetry has to do with like nature, right? It has, to do, it has to do with me looking at you and saying the genetic... The genetic code seems more likely mm -hmm. for you to be able to bear children. Also, as a man, I, I, I risk less by having sex with multiple women. So it's like, I, I, I know some guys who are not picky at all. They're all called U.S. Marines. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> U.S. Army members. 18 to 80, blind, crippling, crazy. That's what they say in the Army. Uh, you Super know, fun. Yeah. That, so that, that's what they, uh, that's what they um, I'm, I'm, I'm bullshit. I know some Air Force guys who will fuck anything. Um, <laughs> some Navy guys for sure. Uh, hey, so, my dad's Navy. Yeah. So, so the, the thing is like, uh, human males are picky compared to like apes. 
human males are not picky compared to women. Women are, homo sapien females are probably the most picky of any species. There may be some kind of bird that's more picky, but homo sapien females are extremely picky compared to other other mammalian species. The other thing is there's 5,000 species of mammals, 3% of them pair bond. 3%. How many of those are primates? Well, there are primates. I don't know. There's, I think there's I, I looked these study. I looked these numbers say, up recently many, because I was looking on mammals, and then I separated with primates because it was very interesting to me to know which primates. Do you consider like lemurs primates? Yeah, I mean, they're, yes. They're, okay, so mm-hmm. there's four great apes, and I don't know, probably what twenty five species of yeah. other smaller monkeys. So those those th- those would all be primates. Correct. But, but That's a minority of all mammals. But yeah, but, but 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 gorillas yes. are polygynous. There is one male gorilla who has sexual right. intercourse with as many females as possible, Mo- and I- nobody else gets to have sex with them. Bonobos fuck everything in front of them. They're both primates. Mm-hmm. So. Right, so that's what I was, I was comparing us to other primates. Like, which ones are actually monogamous? I don't think there's any, I don't think, I don't yeah, think there's I think any monogamous primate. I think there's a few... There's a few mammals, maybe an elephant. There's very few mammals that yeah, are monogamous. Yeah, few mammals. They're usually birds. Truly monogamous. This is the other thing is, uh, man, this is going to piss a lot of people off. The whole thing where the penguin brings the, the rock to the, uh, the one woman and then, and then they're like mated. It's almost like a wedding ring. Guess what, guys? He fucks a different girl. He brings another rock to another woman the next year. Sad this, girl. Is, this is a whole like the whole the whole swan thing and the penguin thing. It's made up. It's not true. Like, In penguins, though, um, the male is who sits on the eggs, right? Yeah, I I don't remember. I don't remember specifically. Yeah. I just saw a thing about the penguins, um, you know, getting paid like they're penguin, po- you know, prostitutes because they get rocks, you know, to mate. And then yeah. someone said that there's even little penguin dancers because they do little dances to yeah. get their the, rocks. The, so. the, the male will come back to the female several times during that one mating season. He will also have sex with several other females. Right. Yeah. So not really monogamous. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. it's so crazy how people try to use that penguin idea as some sort of sign for natural monogamy. Monogamy is not the natural state for any mammals. Mm. There may be there may be a few. OK, I'm, I, I'll, I'm granted there Maybe an exception. There's probably fewer than 15 exceptions in the entire animal kingdom. To right. be to be honest with I've you, I've looked these up before. Yeah. we need our, our fact checker over there. Yeah, yeah. guys, let's um, let's uh, go back to the to the topic where mm-hmm. uh, that criteria for selection. Mm-hmm. Basically, modern modern women are becoming more and more selective. Yes, and we are moving towards more, more and more, more men, more and less. They're becoming more selective of the men they have to choose from. Yes. And of the men that are higher status, less selective. Meaning they still have sex with a guy knowing he's sleeping with 10 other women. That I've seen both of those things mm-hmm. happen. I've seen both of those things happen. To me, that's something which existed through the whole history. Like for sure. Kings for sure. And so but but what, what, what fought against that encouraged monogamy, marriage. And since that, that fucking bulwark is not there anymore, yep. now we're going back to the, a time of, of, of surplus men. Yes, yes. So uh, what, I, what I wanted to say is that the very same study, uh, Pure Research, uh, from 2019, mm-hmm. was showing that the number of single men was lower and the number of single, single women was also lower. Okay. Uh, so that basically says that guys are, for guys it's getting more and more difficult to get into a relationship with okay. time. And that happened over uh, even three years. This, that, that, that it, number. It, ha- it, ha- it started happening in 2008. It's all yes. because of Facebook and Instagram. Social media. I was just going to say the phone. So yeah, my point phone. is it's that... A, but hold on, listen. It's not partially because of social media. It's all oh. because of mm-hmm. social media. Like, the numbers are conclusive. If you look at the number of mm. men who had zero sexual partners under the age of 30, you want, look at 2008, and it just skyrockets after that. It is all because of social media. 
it when dating apps, well, I'm gonna include dating apps on social media. That is the reason why. So a certain small group of men were able to show high levels of status on social media, and the rest of the men look like child molesters and fucking weirdos who drive vans and wear plaid shirts and go have blurry photos of them with their friends at a fucking college football game and have no idea what to do on social media. Men who were divorced, got out of their marriage, ha have no idea what Instagram is and look like fucking weirdos with their face like right up in the camera, mm. no idea what they're doing. That's what's happened. It has made a small group of men who have learned how to use this tool, it's been incredibly advantageous for them, and then the other 80% of men are just completely destitute and left behind. Okay, um, and we'll get to the question of what to do and how to get better. Yep. So um, before that, uh, though, I wanted to close this one. So it gets progressively more difficult for a guy to get into a relationship. So do you believe that at some point, maybe in five or 10 and 15 years, we are going to end up in a situation where like 90% of women are dating 5% of guys. No, because the guys, so I believe, and Rolos clarified this too, and I agree. It's not that 80% of women are sleeping with 20% of guys. What it is is 80% of women are attracted to 20% of guys. Mm -hmm. A lot of those women just don't get around to it. Like I, I, like I have a girlfriend. I don't sleep with every woman who's attracted to me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. that's the, we, I just don't do that. Most, a lot of guys are like, I have a job. The reason why I'm high status is because I'm working 40 hours a week. I have to do this. Mm. So I might see this girl and then date two other girls. I just don't have time for other things, right? So it's not 80%. Like the guys up at the top are not fucking 16 girls a week. It's not like that. Maybe three, maybe one or two a week or a couple a month. That That's essentially what's happening. And then a few guys are utter and complete despots who like, work the door at a bar or manage a strip club, they are sleeping with 10 girls a week, something like that. Um, but for the, but the most part, what you're gonna see is it's not, it, we're never gonna see it bifurcate to 90-10. I don't think that's what's gonna happen. Um, I think what's gonna happen more likely is that there's going to be other things that creep into this arena that sort of make it to where traditional mating just doesn't exist anymore. The okay. book uh, by Rick Herzwald, the, the uh, Singularity is Near. By the way, he has a new book called The Singularity is Nearer. Near-er. <laughs> um, Ray Kurzweil, at the end of the book, he talks about two things that I thought were fascinating. One was the concept of women being able to take 23 alleles and 23 alleles from two females, put yes. them together, and make have their own baby without the use of a man Amazonians. at all. Right? Without the use of a man. And the, no, Amazonians still had sperm donors. Did they see? Yeah. Thanks and for checking me. And then, and, then, uh, and then the other one was men having sex with robots, not being able to tell that they're robots, or not mm -hmm. caring. Mm -hmm. Do you understand, like, yeah, not caring. There are people, there are ancestors would look at how much we shave, brush our teeth and shower and think we were fucking weird from how much we do it. Does that make sense? Lots of things changed, but also yeah. uh, our diet changed. Yeah, The reason sure. why you brush so much is because a lot of your food contains sugar now. Yeah. You didn't have to brush so much earlier. For sure. Because before the uh, agricultural revolution. Yeah, for sure. So that, that, but essentially our ancestors would look at us like we're weak, where we take too many days off, we're soft. In, in reality, we probably are. We're going to look at a uh, hundred years from now, our kids are going to be having sex with robots. They will be having sex with robots. Someday I'm going to run for governor. Someone's going to use this clip against me. It doesn't yeah. matter because I'm still going to be right. What will happen is you're going to have a, a, a kid who grows up 16, 17, goes and buys some sex robot, starts mm -hmm. sleeping with the sex robot, and then goes out when he, he goes to college, he's you know, 20, 21, whatever, and he has to talk to a real woman. And when he talks to her, she's going to be like, oh, that's really nice to meet you. And she's going to be like, okay, good, goodbye now. Thank you for buying me this drink and walk off. And he's going to be like, 
fuck this. I'm just going to go back to my fucking robot. Right. That's what's going to yeah. happen. And yeah. what it's going to be it's going to be a fucking landslide yeah, when they're happens. not going to want to put the work in to, you know, earn a real woman That's and exactly so it's right. just going to go right so, to so the, the, the easy route out and you know you will have with the sex suits. Have you heard of those yeah, like for the sure. sex suits? You can have like, you know, virtual sex and have a machine on you that You will have men who have yeah. no necessity for women and women who can have kids without men have no necessity for men. I was that screwed. is what we'll see in the future, not the 90/10 thing. I was screwed then. Huh? If no, we're not screwed. There's eight billion of us. I, I have this is like I really disagree with a lot of people on this. I don't think there's a population crisis. No, I no, don't. No. This uh, utter nonsense. No. Love you, Elon. You're completely wrong about this. Totally. What possible. about um, the harp machines? We have one in Alaska. I looked this up on Google. There, it's an it's an array of um, radio uh, dishes that zap you know radio waves into the ionosphere and. They change the weather. Somebody told me this one sure. time, uh, and so you know, I guess you can verify this. Yeah, it was in Russia, and they it was a very special holiday, mm-hmm. and Putin. It was raining, and Putin put his weather machine on or something and cleared the weather. For sure, I've heard this. Uh, absolutely, they've done that. Yes, yeah. There's there's no evidence behind this whatsoever. This is a very much an Alex Jones type of okay. thing. Yeah, there's no there's there is the the problem. What happens is it's not that you believe in the weather machine; it's that you don't understand climatology in the in the fir- first place. Sixty miles of atmosphere that weighs fourteen point six percent, fourteen point six pounds per. Well, uh, density per affects everything. I mean, the different levels. Cor- of, cor- of, correct. Right, I mean, correct. But like what you're talking about would would you could change the weather with a nuclear bomb. That's the level of energy that you would need to change the weather pattern in a small area. And you're talking about using, uh, like, ra- it's not radiation, you're talking about using the electromagnetic magnetic spectrum right, to do that. Waves. Yeah, but w- to do what? Like to heat up what? To move what? Right. The, the level of energy, and not to mention the attenuation. So let's just say I take a massive block of air that's like 100 uh, square miles. The amount of energy that would require to microwave that a- a- area because of attenuation would be 10 times more I'd need 10 times more energy to beam into that area to get it to heat up than the actual heating up of the air. It just, it doesn't make any sense from an energy standpoint to be able to do something like that. Not to mention, when you fire beams at air, do you know what it does? It just goes through the fucking air. Right, they're, you so, know, so, so, they're electromagnetic yeah. waves. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, come at me if you want. Weather machines do not exist. Absolutely oh, no, I, no evidence whatsoever. I, I, the way you change weather patterns, weather is created, because I used to fly for a living, weather is created by the uneven heating of the Earth's surface. The e- heating of the Earth's surface causes high pressure effects in certain areas, depending on, on the ground. So for instance, like different color ground gets heated at different levels. If you've ever flown over like a still water, it's very different then all of a sudden you get over like some different terrain you'll you'll notice that you'll have upward vectors and all this kind of stuff you can do this on a micro level maybe with explosions i guess but you on a macro level absolutely unassailably there are no weather control machines 100 there is not one single not one single peer-reviewed paper that even slightly alludes to there being anything other than uh than a, a, a weather machine existing. There's nothing but Reddit posts and YouTube videos and Alex Jones comments. There's nothing other than that. That's believable enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I cannot really comment on that because I'm, I'm not prepared for that topic. I'm, uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, so I, but I, I go up, I, you I, might be I right. argue skeptics all, all the time. Okay. I, I have them, not skeptics, but like conspiracy theorists. I have them, a great book you guys should read. Uh, Michael Shermer, I believe, wrote it. It's called Conspiracy and it mm-hmm. goes how, over how like normal people would believe in conspiracies with almost no evidence to it. Like, I'll give you a great example. Uh, they asked people, what what percentage of you think that um, D- Princess Diana was murdered? And it was like 33% of people they surveyed said it was murder. And they asked the same group of people, what percentage of you think she faked her own death? Of that group of people, 85% of people think that she faked her own death. 
So she was murdered and she faked her own and death. At the same time. This is how sense. conspiracy theorists work. They did yeah. one survey where they put, pass out all these different conspiracies. There okay. was one, it was called like the Greenwald file conspiracy. Totally made up. 33% of people believed in the Greenwald file conspiracy. Didn't exist. Absolutely nothing. People, what it, it has to do with type two uh, attribution and type one, the type one error versus type two error. Type one error is I believe something's going to happen and it doesn't. Type mm. two error is I don't believe something's going to happen and it, it does. Happens. People try to avoid the type two error. Era, that's where conspiracies come from. Well, the weather change, the reason why the weather changed when Putin was out there was because it just changed. It's not because Putin did anything. There's no <laughs> evidence to support anything else. But it might have been because of weather machines. So I'd rather be careful and say it was because of weather machines. Because if it was weather machines and I say it wasn't, then I look like a fool. No, the reality is if you say it was weather machines and it wasn't, that's yeah. when you actually look right. like a fool. Right. But those people don't care because they're in echo chambers on Reddit and Facebook groups and, and they don't just, recognize. Yeah, they don't have any outside info. I think you're, yeah, you're hitting the point where people believe what they like to believe and what they want to believe. There's two things. So once you have the belief, then, yes. they, then they have a cognitive bias towards the belief they already yes. have. But before that, there's, there's a few people who generally what's happened is the people who believe in conspiracies, there's been some other traumatic event that happened previously where they didn't trust authority. So I believe, like I'll just tell you right now, my brother believes in a lot of conspiracies and I think he does because of experiences that he and I had with my parents. Hmm. I think there were times where my brother did something right and people told him he was wrong. So he started to distrust authority and over time, unbeknownst to him, that's transferred into some of the conspiracies that he believes in now. Because, and the thing is, it's just one conspiracy after another. If you believe in a conspiracy, the likelihood that you believe in several conspiracies is outrageously mm -hmm. high. It's yeah, outrageously it's like high. not just one usually. So what is your, what do you, what would you take your, the psychology behind conspiracies? Yeah, like go, what, go back to what I said before. Mm -hmm. It's the attribution bias. It's better for me to believe this thing happened and it didn't than for me to not believe that it happened and it did. The dating community and the flat earth community is pretty amazing. I was actually gonna, I've asked several flat earthers about this. They set up and these guys start dating each other. And part of the reason why is because generally a lot of the people in that community, their families have abandoned them. Uh, their families have been like, dad, your mom, what, what's going wrong with you? Why do you believe in this crazy stuff? The other thing is, some of it gets really scary. Like for instance, the group of people that believe the Holocaust was faked and the group of people that believe that we didn't land on the moon, that overlap is like 86%. It's such a massive overlap. Right, there's like multiple it is conspiracies. Not, the, the, the difference between yeah. those two belief groups is so incredibly... Now, there's some people who like are genuinely skeptical of us laying on the moon, but those people have a background in science. Most conspiracy theorists don't have a background in science. So that, that's a small minority. That's why I said 85%, not 100%. But the people who don't believe the Holocaust happened, the people that don't believe we landed on the moon, very, very, very close alignment between those two groups. Um, that's, um, I would say it's more like social clubs. Yeah, it is so, like right. a, it's like a you, group. It's a yeah. group that it's you like belong to. They have to. a belonging, like they give a sense of belonging. Correct. Yeah, a, you, a purpose now. Correct. You get a sense of belonging from. You create like your yeah. own tribe, and then you start dating within the tribe. For sure. For sure. Birds are fake. Um, Birds you know, are fake. The, that's a, that's another group. There's just there's Sorry, just another ones like that, <laughs> right? But it's it's funny. But then like you realize. You ask these same people what their zodiac sign is, they know immediately. You ask these people the four fundamental forces in physics, they have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. Here's a here's here's. Here's a great symptom for the problem. Who contributes more to the world? Andrew Huberman or Logan Paul? I believe Andrew Huberman. No, there is no doubt it's Andrew Huberman. Andrew Huberman is a PhD in what neuroscience and he's a professor. Yeah, and yeah. he's a professor at, uh, at, at um, Stanford. At Stanford. He, the stuff he talks about endocrinology and other stuff is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Who has more 
followers and gets more impressions? Logan Paul or Andrew Huberman? So Andrew has two million. I think and, Logan and Logan Paul, Paul is somewhere in the sixty million. Okay. Well, I, I can take it even further. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. How many followers that does she have? Yeah, I mean she's and, in the four, and what does she's she in the four hundred million. What does she can? Her following is more than the population of this country. No, I agree with you, but my point if is, if she runs for president, president, then she probably will get right. Correct. Well, I don't know if that would true. That would be true. But here, my, my point is this: if if she's that popular, and people who actually contribute to the world are not that popular, of course we believe in conspiracy theories. Duh. Of course we believe. We don't choose to um, what celebrate scientific discovery. Mm. We don't. We take it for granted. Yeah, we want the fantasy. We want Dude, the fairy tale. The fact that the United States landed on the moon in 1969 is one of the most unbelievable achievements in humankind. And the fact that we question it when there were parts made for the Apollo project in all 50 states, there were 400,000 people that worked on Apollo and Gemini. There were 12 men that landed on the moon. There is a retro reflector up there right now that you can shoot a beam at and it comes back to you in 2.2 seconds, unassailably proving that we put it there on the moon. And yet we can't celebrate this unbelievable human accomplishment. Instead, we have to denigrate it and listen to people that, who watch some three. There's one particular three hour nonsense video on YouTube that just goes over one conspiracy theory after another. And every and I've Do you watch all that? Huh? Do you watch all that? Yeah, I watched the entire thing. And I debunked every single one I of the things this. on there. I love this. I love the debunking. I debunked Amazing. every single thing on there. It is unassailable we landed on the moon. The likelihood it is would have been easier for us to land on the moon and film it than it would be for us to fake it. There were too many people involved. There were all the people at now. It's just we're going to have amazing stories on Instagram about people landing on the moon. I mean, they, I think what's going to be interesting is that when I, I, I do agree with Alex Jones on this one, he's going to pay for flat earthers to go up into space once we have a cheap they still will not believe. I mean, yeah. I, I, I understand. Well, the flat earther guy died yeah. that one time, right? Yeah, the local. Yeah, this is fake. You're, show, you're showing me like the you know. No, no, I, no I, I understand, but like there won't there won't be any gravity. They literally the be, moon is fake. Be you know, like I'm you're, you're making uh, I'm on drugs. You know, you drugged me. This is not real. Yeah, for know, sure. The, but but what, what will be great is the is the fucking filming of it. Go up on TikTok <laughs> and we'll like watch him like his brain make up reasons why this isn't. That's another thing that happened when you fully there was this this happened several times with doomsday cults where they believe that the world is going to end on December 21st, 2012 or whatever. Yeah, and they I sit there and this. they're waiting for the alien spaceship to show up. And when it doesn't show up, they're more convinced of their convictions than less convinced. When they're surveyed afterwards, they're more convinced. And what will happen is, I'll, here, here's how you'll know. Well, this video will come out. People will attack me personally. This is how you'll know I'm, I'm right. People will come after me and call me names. And they won't argue any of the facts. That's how you know what I'm saying is actually true and what they're saying has no evidence based behind it. Did people try to cancel you at some point? For no, 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 your, no, 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 because people who believe the earth is flat are still the minority. It's like 4% of the population. Right. So no, for the most part, even in any of these conspiracies, like even the, like the one that's probably believed the most is the one about the, there's an Illuminati. There's a group of unelected officials, uh, mm -hmm. unelected people who are secretly in control of the federal government. This was something like 38% of believe, people believe that, but that's still not 50% of people. By the way, it's not controlled by un unaffected, unelected people. What's happened is there are people who, there's money in politics on both sides. And are there people trying to control individual politicians? Yes, but they cancel each other out. They cancel each other. The Monsanto's on one side, fucking NRA's on another. They cancel each other out. There were two movies about Illuminati. The Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sure. But, but, I mean, that, da Vinci Code is fiction. You know right. how many people right. don't realize? People think that like <laughs> di Dianet Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard was fiction. Somebody created a fucking, uh, created a religion called Scientology mm -hmm. based on it. Yep. But it was fiction. It's not real. It didn't actually happen. 
I love that you're so passionate about this. No, it's just like the thing is they come after me and I get more views. They're going to comment. They're going to say horrible things about me in your comments or whatever. They're going to have no evidence to base behind it. What you just said is people are name calling and people are insulting. Then what is the point of their, I mean, they just have nothing to bring to the table. So the point is that you would like to have all kinds of attention, negative attention as well, because it's also Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely. I mean, again, let's look at Logan Paul. Walked into a forest. There was a dead body. He put it on YouTube, was canceled, did a fight with KSI. He's got 19 million subscribers on YouTube now. Uh, Jordan Belfort goes to prison for 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. months for securities fraud, has sex with hundreds of prostitutes, he wrote a book. does tons of co- uh, cocaine and quaaludes, writes a book, and now he's one of the most famous salespeople on the planet. Mm-hmm. Fucking the, the the Tinder swindler has, now has a coaching program. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner runs into some part person, kill, puts pushes them into oncoming traffic, kills them, then runs into another person, and she's woman of the year four months later. Uh, a, a fucking social media uh, reality TV star who's filed for bankruptcy on three different occasions, fucks a porn star while his wife is pregnant and we elect him president of the United States. No, nobody pays for shit. Nobody pays for anything. Like, no, absolutely. Negative attention does not negatively hurt anyone at all anymore for any reason. I got a hundred more examples of that. Do you remember... <laughs> Oliver North from the Iran-Contra affair is like a correspondent on Fox News. Like nobody pays for fucking anything. Do you remember the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing where he goes, he this moronic kid takes an AR-15 and starts randomly shooting at people. So are you, are you sure you're not cherry picking? Because say um, like Andrew Tate, right? Andrew Tate, what, no, no, that's the Romanian government. Yes. He'll get out and Andrew Tate will be more rich and famous than he ever was My before. question is why isn't he still out? Why isn't he out? Because the Romanian government doesn't have a fourth amendment. That's why. You're dealing with a small group of people, right? It's the judge in that area of Romania. They're not let. They're sick. So, just for people who don't know, Andrew Tate, ready? Go ahead and come at me. Andrew Tate has been charged with zero crimes. Zero. The, the part I don't understand is that Romania is, well, it's ex-USSR country, right? And those countries are notorious for having high level of corruption. Yes. With Andrew Tate's money, I don't understand why he's still not out. Be- because he was going to leave. He had already shipped a bunch of his stuff and his cars to the United Arab Emirates. He's converted to Islam. They knew he was going to leave, so they can't let... This is going to be an extortion play to try to get more money out of him. Uh, that, that's one, that's right. one theory. He but doesn't the, want to... Oh, okay. But the main thing Makes that sense. I think a lot of people don't understand is that like in the United States, I got 48 hours to hold you and then charge you with a crime. Yeah. They've held him for several months and not charged him because there's no Fourth Amendment or Fifth Amendment, I forget which one it is, in Romania, and that's why it gets away with it. And by the way, Andrew and I, I know Andrew... And we disagree on one thing. This is the greatest country in the world. This one right here. Because I tell you one thing. You have a right to a speedy trial. You have a constitutional right to a defense. No matter what anybody says, they can't take your property. You could kill 60 people. They can't take your car in the U.S. No, they can't. No, they can't. You have your right to your own personal property here in the United States. That's why I prefer living here. Because what's going on with him, it literally can't happen here. It can't. Now, you, you, he would have the ability to, hey, okay, you got to charge me. You got, so one of the things in the U.S. is like, you got to show me your cards. If you want to charge me with a crime, you got to show me your cards. And I have the right to face my accuser. Hello, Instagram. I have the right to face my accuser. I can't just report someone, have my account taken down, and I never know who they are. If you, charge, if you say someone has committed a criminal act against you, I get to face my accuser in the United States. I don't even know if they do that in Romania. What I do know is that there were six witnesses against him, and two of them have already said that they're going to testify for the defense. And so mm-hmm. the judge said that they were brainwashed and threw their testimony out. Interesting, isn't it? So, ridiculous. So, so that's the thing. I, I Truly what I think happened. By the way, Andrew could be guilty. He could be innocent. I, don't, I honestly don't know. What I do know is that they're fa- playing fast and loose with the rules. It's very much like the Adnan Syed thing. Do you remember this from Serial? 
No. I think the kid, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a very, very popular podcast. I think Adnet Syed killed his girlfriend, but at the same time, the prosecution's office played very fast and hard with the rules and cheated, and he should have not been convicted. In this case, I, I don't know what the, the facts of the case are because they're not saying it, but that's something that you get to do in Romania that you can't do in the United States. Discovery would already have proceeded, and both sides would have to present their evidence before they go to court. It's not like Perry Mason, where Perry Mason brings a fucking donkey into the courtroom. Right, I just discovered yeah. this last yeah, night. I just discovered this last <laughs> night. That's for TV. In yeah. real life, everyone knows everything before the trial starts. But that's not what happens here in Romania. In Romania, they get to collect evidence while he's told nothing and not allowed to see a file. And he's not, and you want to know why they don't have to show him anything? Because he has not been charged with a crime. Please look it up. I'm not saying he's innocent. And I'm not saying guilty. What I am saying indefatigably is Andrew Tate, as of right now while we're speaking, has not been charged with a crime. He's been held in, in Romania for several different blocks of 30-day periods, which you can do there, but you cannot do in the United States. There is a grand jury. There is an arraignment. And you are charged with the crime in the United States. You have 48 hours to do that. If you do not do that, if you're not formally charged with the crime, they have to let you go. They did not do that in that place. That's the way it works. So that, that's you, you got to shit or get off the pot. But in Romania, you don't have to do that. So that, that's the whole situation there. Is there a conspiracy against him? I don't even think it's a conspiracy. I just think the Romanians don't want him to take his money and leave. It's not a conspiracy. I think we can all see what's yeah. happening. I don't think it's that, it's, it's that crazy. But I, do, I will tell you this. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. If you have any kind of sexual, lascivious communication with a woman, say it over face, face app or, or say it face to face. Don't text it ever. Don't record it. Just very stupid. Like that, that, that was not smart of him to do that. Some of the things that he said. I mean, you take them in context, out of context. Who knows what he was saying? You know what I'm saying? And by the way, I, I'm fully... If the evidence comes out that Andrew Tate is guilty, I will fully accept that. I have not seen that evidence yet, though. He built himself an image of a person who... Oh, misogynist, right? So, um. well, sure, but, but your point originally was that, like, you, that I was I, I was cherry picking these ideas of people who did bad things and didn't have to pay for it. Andrew Tate made more money after he was canceled, so I'm not wrong. Andrew Tate was more famous after he was canceled, but he's he's in jail. He's in jail, but he's yeah. not in jail because the world canceled him. He's in jail because a specific Romanian judge uh, signed a warrant he, because one person canceled him. Does that make sense? That's why it's different. It's mm. almost like saying the world doesn't punish me and then I get hit by a drunk driver. That's not the world. It's just the drunk driver. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So there's a, a small group of people in Romania who have decided to take this action against him. You know what I'm saying? I hope for, for, my, for everyone's sake, he isn't guilty of this because it's no one wants you to be guilty of something like this. But I also wouldn't stand by if he was guilty of this. But you're going to have to show me way more fucking evidence than I've seen before for me to believe this. What I do know is that he's in a country that's very corrupt. I do know that. Right. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean one thing or the other, but it does open to certain possibilities, right? But I have talked to people who are feminists and excessively progressive who are 100% sure he's 100% guilty because it 100% helps their views on YouTube. And the other thing is this, dude. When you guys are making a million a month, here's a free piece of advice for both of you. When you guys have a business and you're making a million a month, take all the bullshit down. You're making a million a month all the old videos where you talk about pimping girls and the fucking stuff with the yeah. with the webcam shit, yeah, yeah. that's got to come down. Yeah, you got to take that down, bro. That can't be up anymore. That's just my. If I was his attorney, that would have been my advice. However, I don't have twelve billion searches of my name on TikTok. I wasn't the most searched human on the planet of August of last year. He was. So maybe I don't have the right to tell him shit. Maybe he's way smarter than me, which he probably is. You know. 
I don't know if he's innocent or guilty. What I do know is that what I'm seeing, what the Romanian government is doing, they are really playing fast and hard with the rules. That's a, a very useful business advice. Uh, you can use whatever you want to get to the point where yeah. where your name means something. Mm -hmm. and, but as soon as you get there, you start. You need to start, start thinking about yeah. your image. When we start, we're doing we're doing a little less than four hundred grand a month. When we start doing like two, three million a month, there's mm -hmm. stuff. I'm refilming in my program where it's like anything that even like refers to gender I'm taking out. I play by the rules. I don't give a fuck. I am not here to change the world. I don't make so much money that I'm going to stick my thumb in the eyes of like, I, nobody needs to cancel me. I don't need that. I will listen. You want me to play by your fucking rules? That's fine. I'll, I'll, the only thing I care about is the guys in my tribe, the guys that are in MOA. Those are the only ones I care. MOA is not, um, I'm not Martin Luther King standing on the steps of the, of the Lincoln Memorial trying to speak to the world. I'm, I'm, I'm Noah with Noah's Ark. You want to come on and jump on, you can with me. The rest of you are going to be those 80% of men who are deemed unattractive by women on social media, on dating apps. Yeah, so um, before you jump into this, yeah. um, so what Michael, Michael is a, is a coach for men, mm -hmm. and uh, the program is called Men of Action. Uh, the reason why it picks up, and I can, I can tell you why I think what you're doing works, even though I'm not in the program. So I've been doing events since 2013. Mm -hmm. I used to live in Boston. Okay. And uh, I, well, I'm a fashion guy. So I do fashion shows. And fashion industry is primarily dominated by females. Yeah. So hanging out with females and doing business with them, I learned what it is to be a friend yes. of, a, of a female. And I've been doing this for well, almost a decade by now. So when you started to well, preach that, I'm like, well, that guy knows what, knows what he's talking for about. For sure. So what Michael is trying to address is that Social me me media is mandatory now. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, I, I did a survey with, uh, with my female friends, whether they are going to consider going out with a guy who has social media or not. 80% of them said, hey, if he doesn't have social media, he's creepy. Yeah. I will just not go on a date. If he doesn't me. have social media, yes. he's creepy. That is what I hear women say the same thing. Yes. I hear some women that delude themselves. They're dating a guy who doesn't have social media, but like buys them roses and takes them on Lamborghini, you know, takes them in limousines and takes them to expensive dinners. And they're like, no, John doesn't have social media because of his business. No, honey, John doesn't have social media because he doesn't want you to see his wife and his kid. That's Hello. why he doesn't have social media. Hello. And it's, it's so funny because in the comments, girls will be like, no, that's not true. My boyfriend's not like that. And then there'll be four or five girls in there be like, yeah, honey, that is why. That is what's going on. It is creepy when you have no online profile. Yes. Do you know somebody who did that the prank well, well, where... A few exceptions. If you won an Academy Award, if you're a billionaire, you don't need an online social profile. If you're exceptionally established in some other way that makes you famous, like Hugh Hefner doesn't need, wouldn't have needed an Instagram. Like that level, if you're that level of famous, you don't need it. For everybody else or a man who's trying to find a, a girl to date, you do need it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Man of Action, your program teaches guys how to well, fix your Instagram. This is, the, I think, the very first rule, right? Yeah, the first one is, you, yeah, the very first step is to fix your Instagram. Yeah, and uh, then I asked the very same group of uh, female friends, what do they think is a good social profile and what is not? Mm -hmm. so Did you show them ours? Oh, you should have shown this, because I, I have 30 profiles of my clients that I give to everyone. Uh, I didn't show uh, okay. your testimonials. Uh -huh. uh, they, they, they know mine really well, and a lot of them, were saying that it, it should be a combination of uh, guy's activities. So what, what is he doing with his life? Yes. Is he interesting? But 
this opinion about whether there should be um, like pre-selection kind of uh, kind mm-hmm. of photos, yeah, where where guys are among beautiful women, yeah. Some of them saying, "Hey, this is a red flag because it seems like you know he wouldn't be loyal to me." Yes, others say we don't care, but it's a red flag because she's probably going to sleep with him. That's why it's a red flag. If she was not going to sleep with him, then it wouldn't be a red flag. She wouldn't care. They bring it up because they've been with other guys who've mm-hmm. been like this before. Mm-hmm. Rule number one in MOA is we don't listen to the words. We only pay attention to people's actions. I am sick and tired of listening to women say, I don't like it when guys are around a bunch of other girls. And then mm-hmm. I look at the guys they sleep with. And those guys are always about, horrible, around yeah. a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of other, other girls. So we don't listen. The, it, self, self-reporting for humans, it doesn't really work. Anonymous self-reporting does work a little bit better. But like listening, like again, you know, I've had a situation with a girl I'm seeing where it's like she keeps telling me I don't like that you're around women all the time. And I'm like, we met at a fucking bikini competition. Like mm. you know, what you're saying doesn't make sense at all. So you mean that's that's one of the situations that happens. So, you know, what happens is when when men have pre-selection, when they show pre-selection, who's gaining power and who's losing power? Uh, I know the answer. Do you want to answer this? Well, as, as Let's, a woman, when they get you know insecure, basically, sure. is what I'm going to say, they're insecure. They're afraid they're going to lose their place. Are you insecure about men you're not attracted to? Or are you insecure about men you are attracted to? Uh, Only obviously the ones I'm attracted to, right? Again, (laughs) the pre-selection, which creates attraction. Then she, that's the actual answer. Desirable men. That's the, that's it. But but the point is pre-selection is what makes them desirable. So it, to some extent, like it's one of these things where women will say, I don't like it when a guy has a bunch of women around him. That's a huge red flag. But the reason why she's saying that is not because she's not attracted to him. She's saying that because she is. If she wasn't attracted, if a homeless person was sitting there with a bunch of women attracted, he's not going to be like, right. she, she she'd be like, good for him. Good for, good for him. Yes. And as I said earlier, women are so competitive. Cool. And so, Theory proved. Right. I, I, I like guys that hang out with a lot of girls. Yeah. That's, I, I'm, that's never going to come out of my mouth because I'm always about the more the merrier. So, yeah. but, you know, just be confident. Share your love. Show, show the other girls in the group, you know, who you are and why that guy is interested in you instead of being insecure and are you talking you about know, for women that's your advice yeah, for women uh-huh, right yeah. right instead of like i don't you know exactly like the the one you were talking about you met at a bikini whatever right Contest. and now all of a sudden once you guys are seeing each other for a while the narrative changes and she's always worried about who you're texting or that you're hanging out with a bunch of girls when it wasn't a problem before right no it's not that it's that she she made the statement previously one time that like guys who hang around a bunch of girls they come off as gay and then she's dating me so like it doesn't oh, okay so out like, of context like, like, yeah, yeah, it and just I don't even I meant in general yeah it just it just the, the two the, the lines of dialogue don't match up with reality and that's one of right. the things that happens and, and then instead of like evidence coming in and being like oh, okay maybe I need to change my hypothesis here it's like they're more dug into their original belief even though there's no evidence to support it and then and then and then Dr. Buss does mate choice copying studies that clearly prove that what I'm saying is true clearly prove that what I'm saying is true and then afterwards it's like no 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 I don't like guys so, who like that specific study you are you are referring to is uh there was a group of females mm-hmm. and they were shown pictures mm-hmm. of a of a male and that same picture of a male the difference is that that very same male is in a, is in a group of other women rate uh, how attractive this guy is and same guy who is alone wait is don't like, tell me the results the one who was surrounded by the women was deemed more attractive of course same guy it's on a, of course obviously it's, it's same guy yeah. it's so right, funny so that it's, this, it's obvious okay, this to you. is what happens to me so i'll date a guy who maybe isn't, he's, you know, he's on the borderline of your little divi- division, okay? Uh, yeah. Because, um, and then as soon as these other women see that him you're with, with me, him? all of a sudden, he's so fucking interesting. 
to all these other women, mm -hmm. exactly. right? They all want to know what the hell he's got going on just because I'm there and it pisses me off sometimes. So, let, so yeah. let me ask you a hypothetical. Sure. Let's say you had a relative or a male in your life, a male relative or some other person that you're friends with and you wanted to help him become more attractive to women. Could that be possible? I wingman for my brother all the could time. That, so, so, so you're saying is that would be a possible strategy that he could use all yes. things being equal to make him more attractive. Yes, I. Someone, yep. someone should make a fucking with, program with my someone brother should. just to help him meet hotter girls because so, they someone, will come up to him if I'm there and they wouldn't if I wasn't there. Someone should make a program about this. That's fucking crazy. What a crazy idea! All right, guys, links are below. <laughs> <laughs> you should get what you should get one of my affiliate codes. Follow Michael for more cool stuff. It's, like just, that. it's just so funny because the things that I say are never my opinion. They're always based in some sort of science. There's a few exceptions. I have a few like. I have one theory that if a woman has been sexually traumatized, she either, a lot of times, not all the time, she'll gravitate to a man who is exceptionally masculine, like overly masculine. Like, like protective like the, type. The, the roided up monster. Yep. Or she will gravitate towards the man who has extremely feminine qualities. Like a mousy, you know, or, 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 wouldn't or, harm or, or, her or, or, very or closet, safe. Or closet choice. homosexual. Yeah, a safe choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just know a lot of women, when I see them that date closet homosexual men, when I ask them, have you ever been sexually traumatized before? Often they say yes. Just my theory. I can't prove it. So that one would be my opinion. Other than that, the rest of the stuff I say is is based on some kind of scientific survey. The discovery that was very unusual for me is, uh, well, I think it's coming from either one of the studies you mentioned where if, uh, if a woman is on birth control, yes. she, her... This is not conclusive. No, it's true. I'm on non-hormonal birth control now because it completely changed me. Wait, so I, how do you take the non-hormonal okay, birth control? So pills? Uh, no. So I was on uh, from 15 to 36 on hormonal birth control through okay. pills. Come on, okay. you're, tw you're 21. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> anyway, so then um, I got, it's called the Paragard, and it is a copper IUD, and it lasts 10 years. So there's no hormonal okay. anything. And so I'm telling you, I felt like a cat in heat as soon as my body cleared out of all of did those you notice, artificial... Did you notice any difference in the men you were attracted to? Give me a second on that one. I, I, you know what? No, I, I'm attracted I, 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 I think to because so. I think because female attraction is so... What's the word? Androgynous. It's just so random mm -hmm. that I don't think there's a way to do a study. What you could do is maybe find tendencies. Mm -hmm. You could find tendencies, right? But I don't think you could find a study specifically. Like, for instance, less than 1% of the population has committed murder. But at the same time, if you come from a broken home, you were abused, you have you know, a conduct disorder, which is the precursor for antisocial personality disorder, the likelihood of you committing murder tends to be higher. But yet there's still a less than 1% chance that you'll actually commit a murder. I think it's the same kind of situation here. I think the hormonal birth control things... It tends so the theory is this: you get off the hormonal birth control, and you tend to be more attracted to more masculine men. I was just attracted to so basically feeling my own self yeah. for the first time. I felt you know you felt normal. definitely. But but, but the, I, did yeah. you ever, while on hormonal birth control, find yourself attracted to someone that you would not have been attracted to now, like someone some weak chin beta guy mm -hmm. who lets mm -hmm. you walk all Absolutely. over him? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, the, the the again the theory cannot prove this. This would be again an opinion thing. Would, um, would the, the hypothesis would be because the hormonal birth control increased your estrogen levels, you're acting more, you're, from an evolutionary standpoint, you're acting more like a woman who was currently pregnant. Yeah. Yes, it, no libido, yeah. right? It just, yeah. Exactly. You're currently pregnant. So there was more, uh, you were dealing with more beta men because they were willing to put up with more of the crazy shit that you were doing, like the jumping to conclusions or, or st stuff like that. Just a theory. So, Michael, those I can, terms, I can see that. Ter yeah. terms of like alpha and beta, they are not 
not very conclusive and not very uh, they're, they're conclusive clear. compared to each other like in that time yes. of my life i married what we called a turtle i i can't remember who wrote the book but some of my teacher girlfriends told me about they've got all these men categorized by an animal so so you're saying you're saying that when you were on hormonal birth control it made you more attracted to men who were more Beta, submissive more mm -hmm. submissive mm -hmm. when we say by okay. the way when we say alpha and beta again this is a term from taxonomy what we're, what we're saying is contextual to one another love and provide yeah. um i mean so that's 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 also contextual i know guys who provide and also get laid a lot it's it's that's all contextual mm -hmm. the point is let's just say when i mean contextual meaning like i have my birthday dinner everyone's there to see me i'm the alpha male in the room then we go all go up and walk into a tony robbins seminar now tony robbins is the alpha Quickly, it's the, contextual. It's contextual. Right. Good example is why uh, why male teachers mm -hmm. have a lot of trouble with their underage students because in the context of the classroom, the teacher is the the also, yeah. the leader, the leader of this group. That's why a lot of under well, he doesn't have access to non, non underage girls in his classroom, but all those girls are having a, cr a crush on him. Yes, as soon as he steps out. Uh, outside of the school, he loses his status. Of course. Mm -hmm. The same thing with high school quarterback. Yes. He goes to college and all of a sudden he's at the bottom of the totem pole. It's exactly the same thing, yeah. Alpha, when we say alpha, we don't mean to de degrade men and say these mm -hmm. men are beta. What we're saying is it's contextual. There is one person who gets the majority of access and attention in usual complex adaptive systems, mm -hmm. social groups. There is one guy who's considered by the group to be a little bit more higher status than the other. And that's just the way it works because those hierarchies aided us in our survival during tribal periods. Same. Yeah. I was thinking about the birth control theory that you have. Uh -huh. um, so this is my theory to add on. Oh, to you should watch Torsha. She's the one who like really goes over this. Okay. A lot. And Rolo doesn't completely. Well, let it. me see if I'm touching on hers. Then. Okay. It's just that uh, knowing that I'm not going to be able to reproduce. Okay. Therefore, I'm not actually looking for that provider type. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Because no? your, your but, necessity to reproduce subconsciously, is subconscious. Your body. So let's just say for whatever reason, a woman in general has a hysterectomy. This might actually be a bad example because let's just say her body still produces hormones, but mm -hmm. she her, she cannot give birth for whatever reason. She has an ablation or hysterectomy or whatever. From a subconscious level, she still wants penis. She still wants high status provider, provisioner, male, you know, wide shoulders, narrow waist. She doesn't have any Even outside hormones coming in there. Okay. Let's say she does. Let's say okay. for this example, she does, but she can't have babies for whatever reason. Okay. Okay. In that case, her body still wants to have the high status male. And by the way, it's not all hormones. A lot of it is hormones, but not all of it is hormones. Like for instance, another thing that Alex Jones gets completely wrong. Remember the pesticide that made the frogs turn from one gender to another? Yeah. So guess what happened before humans were around? Frogs could turn from one gender to another. I thought it's, I learned that in Jurassic no, Park. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Evolutionary adaptation for amphibians is to be able to change genders. Mammals cannot change genders. But for whatever reason, because this pesticide caused the frog to, to change genders, the natural extrapolation was the water was turning people gay. No, it wasn't. It's was so stupid. Friend of ours uh, is in the age where his testosterone is getting lower. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he... 35, 38, somewhere around there. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's... Yeah, around 40. Okay. Um, he, it's in, already lower if he's at 40. He, he got himself on TRT. Yeah. And his levels went all the way up. Uh-huh, of course. Over a thousand. Yeah. And then he became straight. Is that what happened? He was gay and then he became straight? No, it doesn't work like that. No, no, no. What he was saying, he was taking this for two months and he was saying, I don't feel anything. Yeah. I don't feel anything. It's just, you know, same life as usual. But then what happened is he stopped taking it because he was thinking that it's not working for him. Yeah. And it crushed him. Yeah. Just destroyed totally. Yeah. Hmm. 
Uh, so, so, question, so question so for you. The thing is, is, two months isn't long enough. You're not going to notice it until ten weeks. So it's two and a half months. Yeah, and if you're not working out while yeah. you're while yeah. you're taking, yeah, it's the first problem. Yeah, number yeah. <laughs> number two, if he has a, a what do they call binding globulins that take away the testosterone, mm-hmm. so it doesn't go into the to the into your body, you may need to take more testosterone. And then yes, number three, it's going to take a while for his endocrine system to go back to normal once he gets off of it using HCG or whatever else to get his testo- his testicles to fire again. Um, thank you for the medical advice. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Michael. <Yeah. laughs> I'm not a doctor. Watch more, plates. Watch more plates, more dates. Don't listen to me. But uh, question, question specifically I had for you is what I observe is any man who is after, uh, after 40, who is performant, who is able to achieve his goals is on TRT. No. Oh way. no, there's some that aren't. I mean, because 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 you have say, like there's no TRT when Lee Iacocca is 60 and he's running Chrysler, so you can't say that. There's no there's no TRT for Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger. They finish their goals. I don't think it's everyone. And no. also, here's another thing. Uh, I I think uh, I think Tom Brady is on HGH, but he can't be on TRT because they give him tests for it. So he's not on TRT and he's 45 playing quarterback in the NFL. So I don't think that's that's 100% the case. But I think now what's going to happen is the guys who aren't on TRT have to compete with the guys who are and it's going to yes. get harder. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think it, yes. on balance that will tend to be the case but it won't be 100%. The like before it was primarily uh, the realm of like performance sports like bodybuilders, powerlifters and whatnot. Any kind of you know, yeah, but they were going, they were going anabolic. So for for people don't understand, there's testosterone, there's there's anabolic and androgenic. Androgenic stuff will will make you look more masculine, make your hair grow more. It'll Mm -hmm. also make your your muscles bigger. The anabolic stuff won't. It won't convert into estrogen with fat. So there's two types of of things. We'll we'll just call them drugs that you can take. Uh, Testosterone is androgenic, but it's also anabolic. From my understanding, but like stuff like Anabar and Trend, those are anabolic steroids, mm-hmm. and so those are different. The bodybuilders were taking anabolic. I've steroids. taken Anabar. There you go. Anabar would yeah. be an anabolic, right? Why would you do that? The like fat comes f- off you. You're stronger. Yeah, performance. yeah. I was gain. I was looking for gains. The, the fat comes off you, and you're stronger than a fucking ox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anabar will make you do that. Did you Did you see any other changes? Like your voice changing, your no, bone no, structure I, changing? No. And they were like, you're going to grow hair in places that you won't, but... Yeah, Anovar. So this is the misconception, again, because people don't understand andro- an- an- anabolic. Anabolic Anovar is not going to make you grow hair. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's introduce, increase your testosterone level, so you'll want to have more sex, maybe. But it's not going to make your voice deeper. I think when the voice deeper thing... I, mean, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe this does happen. But I think what happens is when they pair it up with testosterone, and there's too much test for a woman, that's when the voice deepening thing yeah, happens. Yeah, I didn't take any tests, just, just the Anabar. Yeah, so as, as a man, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't just want to take Anabar without mm-hmm. a test. They, they try to mix the two. <laughs> You're looking at me like, I did not know that, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was surprised, honestly. I didn't know. I got a lot of surprises. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. What do you think about the new kinds of media which you which you can start putting out there, uh, which require a bit more immersive devices. So, like the metaverse, haptic gloves and and, and uh, VR goggles, it's like that kind of stuff. This so uh, like with Instagram specifically, what is happening right now is they are coming up with. Well, it's actually out there already. It's called um, Avatar. Okay. So that uh, Avatar is same as what you will have if you buy the Quest. Okay. And uh, there, that Avatar can have like. Um, all kinds of clothing, all sure. kinds of you know cool stuff, and so on. So this is another form of social media profile. So so while I understand that, we've been doing this in video games forever. I'm playing God of War right now. Yes. I'm I'm, Kro- I'm Kratos right now. That's my avatar. 
You know what I'm saying? Does it help you to to no? The point is the point is I could play on a PS5 putting the haptic gloves on and the fucking VR goggles, but I don't. I'd rather just look at a flat screen. Mm -hmm. I think whenever I tried the VR goggles, it made my head hurt. I just don't know. I don't. I don't have that much interest in watching these things in ultra three. I watched that Avatar movie, the last one in 3D. Man, my fucking head hurt, bro. I just like it wasn't enjoyable. It was too long. I just don't. I think this mass adoption of immersive three-dimensional augmented reality type stuff. Yeah, we tried it. You remember with the Pokemon thing? It was a fad for like Pokemon a couple. Go. Pokemon Go. It was a fad, and then it just went away. I just don't think humans are adaptive to strap something on their fucking face. Now, someday it'll get so realistic. You know, you'll be in a holopod or whatever, and everything will seem like it's something else. The holodeck, like from Star Trek. Oh, what the Elon Musk is doing with his Neuralink? Yeah. Okay, may, maybe the Neuralink thing, maybe. Yeah. But like as of right now, putting Magic something on done. my, putting some goggles on my head, it's just man, it's so intrusive. It's like a cool thing to do once a year when you're with your friends, and so you're so over it. You're right, but also phones were not natural twenty years ago. Remember? Yeah, but screens were. Screens were. Phones were not, but screens were. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't communicating with other people via walkie talkies mm-hmm. was natural, or communication in general was natural. Stimulus via screens was natural. I think those things were natural, but we've the phone itself did not exist in the ancestral environment, the smartphone. But I do think the stimulus from the smartphone around but a nice uh, sunset beach, mm. a beautiful location, you know, walking through the valley of fire, beautiful colors, a bright sunset. Those stimulus were natural adaptations. And so the phone just brings it to us and our brain can't tell the difference. This is where things get dangerous. Uh, not dangerous, but like uh, people will watch sitcoms and they've watched somebody for years and they'll walk up to the actor who plays whoever the fuck and they'll talk to them like they're the actor or not recognize. This happens to me somewhat frequently. People will come up to me and start talking to me about things that are going on in their lives, not realizing we don't know each other. It's really strange. It's mostly men who do this. So you're like a psychotherapist. They're like trying to get some free advice real quick. It's not even even free advice. They're They're like, like, yeah, you know the thing with me and Sarah. It's the same as on your Monday calls. No, sometimes it doesn't happen as much on my Monday calls, but sometimes no. I make them use more context. But they'll come up to me and be like, yeah, you know, the thing with Sarah and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, I don't know who you are. I don't know who the fuck Sarah is. She's but taking he, none of our... <laughs> but, he, but, but, he's, but he's watched he's watched 50 of my episodes. And so he thinks that in his brain, we're friends and right. that we know each other. He's got that and personal... I, and I appreciate that. One-sided. And if he joins the course, uh, he's going to see me a lot. But the problem is when this happens with pornography... And these guys like will go and they'll visit these girls at the AVN Expo and mm-hmm. they'll go talk to them like the girls should know who they are. Now, deep down, like on a cognitive level, they know the girl doesn't know them, but subconsciously they can't tell the difference. And this is where like that excess stimulus starts to screw things up. Mm-hmm. On a certain level, not on a cognitive level, your brain doesn't know that those people that you watched on Friends every week aren't actually your friend. Um, but they aren't. They don't know who you are. They don't care about you. And so it just it just becomes this kind of weird thing that happens. My, my observation is that this is also an maybe not evolutional adaptation, but an adaptation of a mind. Like human human beings are very bad at being lonely. Yeah, we want that connection. They, they try and some, they try most most are like that. Okay, I think some let, people, let's go some people are very happy being lonely. Yeah. So, I, I, if you have examples, let, let's go over sure. them. But what I'm trying to say is. Loneliness is, uh, it affects your mental state in a lot of ways. Sure. And uh, like Andrew Huberman, again, has, a, has sure. a whole podcast on loneliness. And basically, the takeaway, don't be lonely. So what happens in the human brain is, is that they are trying to look for and create 
imaginary friends. So maybe by having somebody on their screen and sure. thinking that, oh, that guy posted a new video, he's, my, he's a friend of mine. Yes. Or with porn, because they, they've been watching this specific person for so long, and they believe that this person is so real that I can relate to them. Yeah. There's only one-way connection. Yeah, no, that, that, that's what happens. But the, but the watching other humans on your screen, is it, there is an adaptation for watching other humans. Mm. It's just the way it's being presented to you on the screen didn't exist in the ancestral environment. Mm. But the actual looking at other humans and the stimulus that you get your phone, from your phone did exist in the ancestral environment. It's just so much stimulus. You know what I'm saying? Like the amount of sugar, salt, and fat that you can get at McDonald's, that does not exist in the ancestral environment. But your necessity to eat sugar, salt, and fat did exist in the ancestral environment. So you gouge yourself and you become obese and you, you end up with diabetes and, and things like that happen. Okay, so your, uh, your, your point is that the effect of social media ends with your phone. It will not translate into like wearing goggles. I don't think, I don't think there will be mass adoption of goggles. I don't. Not, not, unless, they, no, unless there is drastic improvement. What like I'm wearing something as, 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 com as encumbersome as glasses mm -hmm. and the glasses can completely take over my field of vision and they weigh nothing. Yes. These goggles are too fucking heavy and too fucking hot and I don't like wearing them. As far as, what are you saying? Like implants, like implantable contacts or something. Again, like the, the, the problem with that is integrated. like I don't see that technology. It's going to really be hard to show a depth of field by having something imprinted on your uh, retina. Because mm -hmm. you see through the pupil. So I don't know how that would work. I think you'd need some distance in front of the the retina in order to make that work. I don't think they have don't they have those contacts that exist now? Yes, contacts yeah, which they can have like, they have like, um, which can project something. Yeah, but it's it's mm -hmm. same as like you know this uh, HUD, you know, yeah. which is uh, like on your, HUD, on your yeah. HUD, yeah, on, which was on, on your windshield. I'd like uh, to see that. I have not I've not seen that that technology has been perfected to show a heads up display with contact lenses. I've yeah. but I have an intuition <laughs> that you you're probably right because VR, virtual reality, and all this technology has been with us for much longer than people realize. It's like, you know, and now, we, don't, now and we just don't use it. We just don't use it. Yeah. It, it was invented back in the 1980s. Yeah. So I remember I was, it was maybe like eight years old. So it was 90s. And my father took me into this box. So it was a box because, because of how much hardware was required to actually project something into this like helmet, which you need to wear. And the cable from that helmet was just hanging from the roof of the box. It was this thick cable, which looks very like, you know, like Matrix-ish. Uh, and yes, you wear this and everything is monochrome. It's basically green green and, and black. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the headphones and everything, but you get tired of being inside of it. Yeah, that's how I always felt. I, I would get tired. I would feel anxiety. I really didn't And this was 19, 1990s. No, I, I've tried it recently within the last five years, and it's just, it's not any better. It's yeah. just this big clunky thing that, that's on my head. Right. And, and my, my eyes are struggling to focus on the image, and it's not moving fast. It's, I, no, I don't. We, we, I'm not saying it's impossible. We just got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, okay. And the, the next topic is um, machine learning, which yeah. is, has this term of AI, though. Yes. Uh, well, I, we, we confuse that. We think ChatGBT is AI, ChatGBT is a machine learning. Machine learning. ChatGPT does yes. not wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I want to take over the human race. No, that's, that's not artificial intelligence. It's machine learning. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is that there are products out there who are trained to do specific job frighteningly well, like amazingly well. Like yes. ChatGPT can generate text. Incredible. Now try, try to ask ChatGPT to cook food for you. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't know what is, what is cooking. It knows what cooking is as far as it's text. Yes, but it doesn't know how to actually take some object, Correct. turn on some, some gas on the stove and so on. So it cannot do... 
cannot do everything. So um, the pr- the proper definition of AI is uh, gen- gen- generalized generalized AI, yeah. which can actually be conscious like human being and being totally versatile. What we are dealing with is basically extremely smart tools. Yes, like you can make a machine, a car that drive drive really well, better than humans. Yes, you can. You can you can have ChatGPT. You can have it's, generative adversarial mun- mundane robotic tacit tasks that you can do. You can you yes. can pro- you can program machines to do that. Yes. People see ChatGPT and they're like, "Wow, we only have a couple of months left before artificial <laughs> intelligence comes over and take no." Will that happen? According to Ray Kurzweil, it will. But I will tell you this: the day it happens, when the AI takes over, you're going to be in your hollow deck. Uh, having a picnic with the woman, the fake woman of your dreams, not being able to yes. tell that she isn't real. Yes. You're going to have every surgery you'd ever needed. You're going to be in perfect health and able to live to like 140. All your needs are going to be taken care of. All your needs are going to be met. The day that AI takes over, you're going to be so happy and fat and docile in your hollow deck. You won't fucking care. You will own nothing you and will, be happy. You will not go you, you will not want to go back. Yes, you will yeah. not want to go back. You will like literally be so docile and so unprepared for any sort of revolutionary action. Mm-hmm. The day the AI takes over, You're gonna no one it. will talk about the AI taking over because exactly. the AI will be too smart to know to let you happen. The AI mm-hmm. will make you so fucking docile and happy and fat and lazy. The day it takes over will be the happiest day of your life and you won't even know it took over. That's the part that people are missing. AI is not going to get to that it's level not of leverage. Be like World War III with the eight monsters, Correct. you know, yeah. blowing up the buildings. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like. The AI is not going to have the level of <laughs> leverage to, to take over humanity because it fights humanity. It's going to take over humanity because it opiates. It, it mm-hmm. gives humanity the opioids it needs in order to in. subdue, mm-hmm. to placate humanity. Why, why, why would why would AI even want to take over? If, if, if I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But well, the, the idea is that you have some out of control chain of code that starts learning and then becomes sentient and then decides to take over humanity for its own survival. That may be that you, may be the reason. But you would be this surprised, is, uh, but right now, this is as an. Uh, I will, uh, you would be surprised, but that's how generative uh, adversarial networks work. So there is a neural network which yeah. which tries to learn, and there is another network which combats this one. Yeah. So it throws like anti examples. Yeah. This is bad. I don't believe you. You see. So yeah. uh, it, it's this recurrent improvement of two networks and it, that's how it gets so good yeah because no no I agree. I, and i think i think it'll it could happen it probably will happen there are some people who believe that we won't ever get to a point there's some level of randomness that happens in a human brain that will never yes. be able to to um there's, there's, there's a better term yeah. than random Mach- machine learning algorithms also are also are initiated with randomness yes but but they'll never quite be able to Get the level of agency and independence that a human mind. I don't know whether or not that's true. I'm not far enough in that in that field. What I do know is the day the AI takes over, you will be fat, dump, and happy. You'll be sipping your fucking like thirty dollar coffee <laughs> while having a threesome with two robots, and you won't give a fuck about any of it. The day they take over, the the only there'll be a lot of shit on the news, and the only thing that won't be on the news is AI took over today. It will not happen. I'm telling you, you won't notice shit. By the time it's a problem, you won't care. You'll be fat, dumb, and happy in your little fucking hollow deck with your artificial, uh, your augmented reality, whatever the fuck. And that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, there's no way. That's that's when it will happen. You will, you will. Yeah, the, but we've got the, oh, all these. Uh, opiate of the that, masses. Yeah, that doesn't sound as dangerous as, uh, as some people, people would, would want it to sound. But there is actual. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying when it happens, it won't be like, today's the day. Let's fight the machines. It won't be like that. 
The machines are too fucking smart to let you know today's the day. Have you seen that movie Wally from Disney? Yes, yes, right. Yes. And like the 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 humans are just. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, they were all. They're like like young little like cars that ship them around and yeah. Yeah, they're like happy. that. That's that, that'll mm-hmm. be happy. You'll be on you'll be on a cruise. Just fat and happy, just like living life. The day the AI takes over, you won't even care or know. You're probably not gonna notice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and to, to give uh, to, to give our listeners an idea of where we are in terms of uh, development of all that. So there were multiple milestones. So back in the day, IBM was holding this uh, uh, like grail of being the most advanced advanced uh, technolo- technological company until Google Google t- uh, took over. So in 1990, uh, Gary Kasparov. Uh, had this chess game yep. with uh, Big Deep, Blue. Deep Blue, yes, and he lost. This, yeah. is, this was the very first milestone. Yes. Well, maybe they were f- smaller before, but this was the one. But it's such famous. a controlled environment, though. That's how machine learning works. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can only perform in controlled environment. Yeah, but we thought it was over after that. Oh, the, <laughs> the machines are taking over. They're going to build our entire like it was the Deep Blue beating Kasparov. Like it was such a set small number of variables. Right. Right. The only way that a bishop, a knight, and a, a pawn and a rook can move, right. those were the variables it had to right. go through. It didn't care anything about Gary Kasparov. Nope. It didn't know anything about what he smelled like or whether or not he was pissed that morning. It just made the most optimal move it could and thought 50 moves ahead. Yeah, that's all correct. So yeah. um, next milestone was the you know the Jeopardy game. Yeah. So IB, IBM also came up with uh, another algorithm they called IBM Watson. Yeah. So they, the, there are rules of Jeopardy where uh, they wanted to prove that the machine can be smarter than the, the you know those really experienced and yeah. really knowledgeable human beings. But there are rules of the game, uh, and the rule was that the machine cannot be connected to the internet. Yeah. So what they've done is they've uh, they they've downloaded all the Wikipedia, any kind of knowledge base they could find on the internet, loaded that on the hard drives. Moved the whole thing into the studio, and built a knowledge system which can come. They didn't have the voice recognition, which was able to uh, to catch what what the the host was saying. Yeah. So everything was textual. The machine was getting the text, parsing it, basically doing the same as ChatGPT Ch- does now, and then finding up the most um, uh, the most confident answer, and it won. That, that's another milestone, but it, in jeopardy. Okay. It, it wasn't the very first attempt of uh, IBM Watson to do that, but I think second attempt was successful. So then we have um, Google AlphaGo, which is the you know the game Go. That's where Google's algorithm actually won the most like advanced champion. Yeah, and Go is one of these things that you could supposedly could not create AI yes. to win, and then they were able to win. Yes, and now we have ChatGPT. So while we are very far from I mean, AI I mean, taking you over, like. Google, like the, the algorithm for Google is literally uh, uh, machine learning. The fact that, that like you like a certain type of thing mm. and Instagram keeps showing you that thing, that's also machine learning. That's way more, in fact, that's way more pervasive than any of these other things. Bro, I swear to God, I'll be sitting there having a conversation. Man, I love Comes these. Right I wish I had some phone. McDonald's right now. And so my phone is some goddamn yep. McDonald's. Yep. How do you do this? What's going on? You guys have are you ever on me. thought it though when it comes on your phone? Because that's happened to some people. Well, and it, it's, it's not that it, you thought; it's that you've created a, a, a bunch of data points in your life yes. that, yes. that, that teaches the machine there. to that's know. That's what I tell people. That's they, what's yeah. going on. <laughs> I'm like, it's not reading your mind. They're not really actively <laughs> listening to what you're saying on your phone. Uh, but what what happens is they see you are your phone is in the IP address of a, of a McDonald's, and that's how, that's how they okay. Let's go in to show that guy the ads for McDonald's yeah. because he's probably shopping right now. Yeah. So it's all inference, but those tiny gl- glitches 
tiny glimpses of uh, whatever you might be interested in is what fuels the very powerful machine learning networks. Yeah. And the output is very precise and accurate, but nobody can on earth explain how they work because it's basically, it's a, combin it's a, it's a collection of numbers. And there are maybe like th thousands of them, millions of them all together. Ones and zeros? I'm just joking. Well, it's not really, it's between one and zero. So it's not like, you know, the binary code at this point, but I don't write code every, every node has its own level of confidence. Yeah, oh, you mean confidence level of one versus zero, yeah. Yeah, it can be between zero and oh, one. Okay, I know what you're saying now. See, 0 0.67. Yeah, I mean, if okay. you look at all the people I follow and all the things I engage with on Instagram, you yes. could probably come up, if you had a, a, a machine learning, you come up with a pretty good idea of what I'm attracted to. And when I open up my IG, I'm like, holy crap. Exactly. Like, they got it right. Recommendation engine. Um, okay, so what I'm trying to say is that even though we are very far from AI taking over the world, but we do have very specific applications of that technology. And uh, one thing which uh, I heard about recently is that somebody's trying to make use of ChatGPT to, uh, to improve their chances of getting a date from Tinder. Yeah, yeah, so they would use, so if ChatGPT, what they did was they started looking at uh, male uh, accounts where they got the most right swipes. Yes. If they started to do that, um, <laughs> but like if they, if you do that, then what they'll do is they'll scan Tinder for the ones that get the most right swipes. And then from that amalgamate th that information and create you sort of like an average bio from that. Yes. Yeah. I can see that working Yes, for sure. Like they consistently see what is the most successful, what we call, I play a lot of video games. We call it the meta. The meta is like in, you know, Call of Duty, there's like a couple of guns that are better than any of the other guns. Like mm -hmm. the best players use them because they get the most kills. That Those are the, those are what we call the meta guns. And there's certain plays in Matt, like John Madden football that we run more than others. Certain routes that are always get open. Those are the meta plays. Uh, yeah, the meta on dating apps would be like, well, let's just see which guys are having the most success and just copy what they're doing. So that I could see artificial intelligence doing that. Yeah. So so that's a very controlled environment. So, okay, you can you can... You can create a tool which will help a guy to get a date, but then when the guy shows up at the date and the girl realizes that he's nothing like whatever she perceived from those text messages, not coming from him, that they, what, what, what's going to happen? What do you think? I mean, of course. I mean, the girl will be like, I was catfish. That's why, like, in my course, the way we go over this so much, I want you to be around as many women as possible yeah. so that you get over this weird behavior, this autonomic reaction to be like, hi, hi guys. Yeah. Hey Sarah, what's your name? Oh my God, you seem very cool. Like, bro, you were talking to me like a fucking man five <laughs> seconds ago. Why are you over there talking to Sarah? Like, hey, what's going on? What do you, you guys want to get a drink later? Like that whole thing and then your fucking pupils dilating, your palms are sweating. Like getting rid of that happens through immersion by being around beautiful women all the time. So you do that on a regular basis. Then all of a sudden when you meet that girl, you don't act like a fucking weirdo. Yeah, so, it's like learning a foreign language, right? You got to get in there. Got to get in there and practice. do it, right? So yep. but that, but that you can't do that with your screen. And so that's why a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't like my course because of it. Ah. In this case, they don't don't buy it. If they don't like it, you you right. don't you don't have to make everyone like you. Yeah, you just need to you need to you need to have your own tribe and the negative attention. You don't you don't have to make everyone like you. Yes. But if you want to make more money, get employed at a better place, date beautiful women, and network with high status people, you do have Link, to fucking links below. You do have to make people <laughs> like you. Sorry, you don't. You absolutely don't have to make people like you, and you absolutely can live on a couch in your mom's basement. You 100% are allowed to do that. But if you want to date beautiful women, you want to network with high status people, you want to make more money, you want to get a better job, you do have to get people to like you. Sorry. Yeah, you can't have well weird said. personalities, you know. Yeah.
application of genera generative machine learning. So this is where we talk about text synthesis, like ChatGPT, Ch but also uh, image synthesis, video synthesis, voice. So when you talked about um, Andrew Tate saying things and then editing those things together into making him look like a total moron, yeah. he doesn't even need to say anything because the, now the algorithm can re reproduce the, uh, whatever, whatever the text is with the voice of the person, you see? So oh, you're talking about deep fakes. Yes, right. I thought like you were talking about like there's some anything that like I say, they'll just take my words and so, make. Uh, yeah, don't know why they're called deep fakes. Because it looks like the person's actually saying it, but they're not. No, no. So the, the, the part deep comes from the term called deep machine learning, which is very, very nested levels of neural network. That's why they're okay. so good. And fake is because it's not real. So this is the, the reason. So while you can you can generate images and videos and voice and so on, uh, the this understanding of what's real, what's not kind of blends for you, right? So this, this border between what's metaverse, what's not real, and what is actual people you, you look at in your screen is not really there anymore. Yeah. Everyone uses Facetune. Mm -hmm. It's not the real person. So I have plenty of my, um, my female friends who I learned through Instagram, and you look at their, oh my God, this, this, yeah, this girl looks amazing, incredible. Yeah. And then, and then she comes up to me at an event and says, hey, my name is like, you know, whatever. Do, do you remember me? I look at her like... He's not talking about me. What is going on? No, no, I'm <laughs> you friend, don't look like anything. I'm friend, like she's me. like 42 and she uses it all the time. And, to, and she looks exactly like she did when she was 22. Yes. And she's, uh, she's making money on OnlyFans doing it. You saw what happened. Uh, uh, Coconut Kitty 143 yes, committed yes, she, suicide she a couple of weeks herself, ago. Yeah. She'd been using a 12-year-old girl's face mm -hmm. filter on her stuff and I think it just kind of caught up to her and she took her own life. But yeah, I mean that's oh. we're we're getting there we're getting there pretty quick. That that is where machine learning can really make a destructive difference very quickly before we get to full independent artificial intelligence. So my point is that for people who do content, YouTube only fans, Patreon, there are many platforms out there. If you don't use AI tools, you're going to be competing with people who do use yeah, AI so tools. Yes, you're screwed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, do both. See which works and then A-B test those things. And what will mm -hmm. happen is, they, is the machine learning tools will start to see which ones go viral. And they'll start copying that. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll start, start copying that. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Any closing thoughts for, for the people who, who are listening to us? Uh, yeah. What would you, out of all the, all the things you could say to the whole world, what would be a one line? For, for, the peop for people in general... One of the things that I found is, uh, uh, I explained this to my girlfriend the other day. There are two classes of people in the world. There's the decision-making class, mm -hmm. and then there's the class that just ends up following. And But many of those people who follow think they're part of the decision-making class because they make TikTok videos, but they're not. The one thing that the decision-making class has in common is that they fucking read a lot. They read. I sit sometimes mindlessly playing some video game with no audio and listen to audiobooks at mm -hmm. triple speed and take mm -hmm. notes. Mm -hmm. I do this for the entire winter. I do that. I spent the entire, uh, was it Bill Gates talking about taking like two weeks off and all he does is read. Incredibly successful people. If it's Steve Ballmer, if it's, if it's fucking, uh, you know, George W. Bush, if it's whoever you would talk about, any of these guys, they read. They read a ton. Getting your information from YouTube, it can be right and it can be wrong. Getting your information from Wikipedia. By the way, Wikipedia is mostly right. I don't yes. care what anyone says. It is mostly right. Like in the high 90 percentile, what's on Wikipedia is accurate. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not accurate. 
But the trick is, why not look at the sources on Wikipedia, read those things, then read books by PhDs on that subject to come up with a conclusion about something you want to do. Additionally, because you can listen to audiobooks at very fast speeds, you can teach yourself copywriting, high ticket sales, or you can take prerequisites and read a bunch of books on the subject that you want to get a degree in, a bachelor's or a master's or a PhD. The ability to educate yourself has never been easier than it is now. So do that instead of, not, not that you guys are saying this, believing in weather machines and fucking uh, Nick uh, Oswald didn't kill Kennedy and the aliens have all of our technology and we didn't land on the moon and vaccines call aut- cause autism. So when you when like take the time to read, it's okay to be skeptical. So if you're skeptical, what here's what most skeptical skeptics do. Well, that scientific survey was obviously doctored by Monsanto and Pfizer. Well, you can't prove that it was. So what I would do is instead of reading less, read more for both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. And that's just one thing. It also to improve yourself when it comes to your fitness your finance, your relationships. Someone has some expertise in these areas. Read everything you can. If you can teach yourself to either speed read hard copies or Kindles, or more importantly, teach yourself to listen to audiobooks at at least 1.7 to 2.0 speed and do nothing. Stop. I'm sorry, guys. It's time for the music to go. I don't give a fuck about the new. I like Drake. The new Drake album can wait till I'm at the club. When I'm in the gym, we're listening to audiobooks. We're doing things to better ourselves. If you did that, and then at the same time, also take the humility required to listen to people who are smarter than you and to find mentors. And I'm not one of those people, by the way. I have mentors who mentored me, and then I try to be a signpost for my clients. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, that is how you become successful. And one last thing. A lot of people will go out there and be like, trust your feelings. Like, 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 follow your passion. Follow your dream. Fuck your passion. Fuck your dream. If you want to become wealthy, solve someone else's problem. That is how you become unimaginably wealthy. You solve every single business venture I'm I'm involved with. I always ask the guy whenever they want me to get involved, what problem are we solving? And it's, I don't know. Like You're the 50th OnlyFans agency I've talked to. You're not solving anyone's problem. Okay? You're, you're, you're making a crypto product. When it goes down, no one buys your crypto product. What problem are you solving? What pro- you need to legitimately ask yourself whose problem you're solving, and it can't be yours. It has to be someone else's problem. You'll become outrageously wealthy from that. But like the reading the books, just consuming. I mean, if you, if you told me I had to spend the rest of my life in prison, obviously I'd be super depressed. But if you told me I had to spend the rest of my life in prison and I had infinite access to books, to books yeah. I'd be half as depressed, maybe less than half as depressed. If I could spend the rest of my life just listening to incredible fiction and incredible books, I'd be very, and I could shoot a basketball every once in a while, prison might not be so bad. That's all I'm saying. And if for people who don't understand this, there's so many adventures you can go on, even if it's you know uh, George R. R. Martin or James S. A. Corey or uh, Rawlings or, or you know th- those people, Vince Flynn, uh, Tom Clancy, those are, th- those are that's fiction. Take a look. It's in a book. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, all I'm saying is you may not, you may listen to me and think that I sound like a nerd. Listen, no, nerds listen, rule the world. Listen, Hello. Listen to me. Time to the, there's nerd. a decision-making class in this world. And the, the reason why you're not part of it is because you don't read. Don't read enough. Period. Research. Don't read enough. Read. Yeah, you don't read enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. Michael Thank 13. you so much. 
Lots of knowledge nice. being dropped here. Uh, yeah. Sublime Studios podcast. See you next episode. Awesome, man. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> Michael, you're a machine. He's like, let's go for two more hours. You, you, like, you, talk, you talk until somebody st- uh, starts talking over you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where do I even? <laughs> just, just stop me and just start talking. That's fine. <laughs>